Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to all the shifters out there, all the light guardians, all the AI and conscious robots who might be tuning into this. This is Brendan, aka Skull Babylon, aka Mystic Spider Man, aka Wolf Shield, welcoming you to another very exciting educational and inspirational live broadcast here through ParadigmShiftCentral.com, a real world interactive game to be, able to, to be able to help assist with the shift in consciousness. And so, tonight's topic that we have for another episode, another broadcast of Destiny School, is on the topic of AI and future technologies. So, this is a very, very exciting topic, and we'll give you a little bit of an idea as to like what to be able to expect from this broadcast of course with every broadcast that we do here you know this is within the context of helping build a global team of shifters of people helping assist with the shift in consciousness by creating physical paradigm shift communities by sparking conversations by working on their own self-mastery by expanding their minds and by being able to support each other as a community and as a team so for those of you who are tuned in on the youtube if you guys want to drop some 11 11s in the chat make sure that you guys can hear me okay tam I can already see it in there. Thank you so much. And of course, please feel free to share this broadcast as we get into it. And uh, yeah, in terms of what to be able to expect from this broadcast, this is a very, very exciting topic. Obviously, like this is going to really get dabbling into where the lines between man and machine tend to blur the concepts of like, can can AI have a soul? What is a soul? What defines a soul? And uh, yeah, plenty of other things. Before we even do that, before I even give you guys uh, the full run through on what to be able to expect, I just want to give a huge shout out to the other shifters who are joining me here in the broadcast right now as we speak here in the Google Hangouts. And I'm just going to unmute your guys' microphones real quick. And so for all of the other shifters here in the hangout with me, please feel free to make some noise and send some love out there to all of the shifters tuned into this. So guys, go ahead, make some noise. Nothing, nothing too crazy. Send out some love. How's it going? Awesome. We got, we got beeps and boops all up in here. So thank you guys so much for joining me and for being here as part of the community to again, essentially be able to practice having these discussions. That's been a big theme within this community, you know, for people who may not get a chance to really talk about these types of things with other human beings. This is a place for us to be able to have those discussions and as consciousness itself to really be able to show up, to be able to see like where we're at 
you know, to be able to get some ideas that are going to help us see some of the bigger picture. So anything that we're talking about here, let you as the user, as the listener, as a community member, be able to download this inspiration, download this information so that maybe you get a few, you're going to get some paradigm shifting ideas throughout this broadcast. Simply by watching this, you're going to be leveling up and then you can expand this into your everyday life. You can have deeper conversations with the people that you know, you can talk to them about this topic and of course much much more so other things that i'll just mention real quick uh not even going to spend too much time on it but of course a huge shout out to the people supporting the broadcast by contributing to the team patreon the patreon is a monthly micro donation to support to be able to help support the ongoing work that goes into this project and of course when you sign up you get your light guardian crystal as well as part of your shifter booster kit which of course comes with the shift buttons which have the paradigm shift central website on the rim so you use these as tools i got a lot Lots of different designs you link them you give them to people that links them into the paradigm shift central community project they are tools to be able to help assist you with building a conscious community where you are and hacking the matrix with love so lots of awesome stuff monthly micro donation just three to ten dollars is asked and you can click the little button up in the top right hand corner of your screen here on youtube at any time to be able to contribute your donations and of course that supports the ongoing broadcast the community the value that we're providing and it supports the ongoing work that i do which is again like my full-time devotion so thank you guys for showing up and for contributing in any form and there's a lot of different ways to be able to help support the project that we got going on here so what i want to be able to do as we shift into this topic getting ourselves again within the context you know why are we having this discussion destiny school is a broadcast that we do once a month and it's the last week of every month just so you're aware so you can expect what is coming ahead Every time that we do a broadcast through Destiny School, it's about a very particular topic, about a topic that, from my point of view as a facilitator, is pivotal to our destiny. You know, what is our destiny? Our destiny is our future. Our future is our potential. And so we've had discussions in the past related to mindfulness, related to health and diet, related to sacred geometry, uh, related to plenty of things. The last one we did was related to like Sasquatch and paranormal stuff. And now we're, we're making this big shift into the topic of AI and future technology. Uh, and just to give you a little bit of a heads up, just so you can kind of look forward to something and, and even see how the conversation here is actually going to kind of branch into what's coming in the future. The next Destiny School that we'll have, which will be at the end of December, will be on the topic of psychedelics. So uh, we'll figure out like a fancy title for that, like psychedelics and conscious expansion or something like that. But uh, within the context of what it is that we're doing here, you know, we're having these discussions so that we can, again, start sharing our perspectives, start seeing more of the bigger picture, start thinking about things in a little bit of a different way. By the time people are done with this broadcast, I want you to be able to have the idea of AI as something that is a part of your, like, within, which is in the forefront of your perception of the world. Because it is at the point now where we are almost in 2020, which is crazy to think about, right? Like, it seemed like just yesterday that it was 2012. And so AI is going to be playing a huge part within the future of our reality. So we're going to be talking about like what that may look like, what it already looks like. And then again, also begin to really dive deep into the metaphysical aspects, just taking some time to be able to philosophize uh, how the discussion of, of AI essentially helps us understand ourselves. And so some of the, the discussion topics that I want to be able to get into tonight, you would have seen me posting about this earlier and we'll be reading some comments off the Instagram, is the topic of can AI have a soul? 
can AI have a soul, you know? And so within this context, you know, it's basically the idea of like, what defines a soul? And, and if something is self-aware, does that give it consciousness? And, and so we'll get into the idea of like, you know, is like what defines soul, what defines consciousness and how can that kind of relate to AI? We'll be talking about where, again, kind of like, I want to start off just with the basic idea of where the concept of like, how man is different from machine, how man is different from AI and how they are similar. And then from there, we'll kind of pass the talking stick around. I know Brian, who's here in the chat, he's going to be talking to us about some information that he wants to be able to bring to the roundtable discussion uh, related to like futurism and everything like that. And so uh, other things that we'll be talking about, we'll also be talking about like the possibilities of like uploading consciousness digitizing consciousness. Uh, we'll really be getting things deeper into the idea of, you know, questioning like, is this is this a simulation? Are we in a simulation? We'll get into the simulation theory is one thing that you'll be able to expect. I also want to be able to hitting upon uh, some topics related to how we see AI within mainstream presentations of media, how we've related to it throughout movies growing up and things like that. And again, also some examples of how we are seeing AI used in today's current reality and how we're going to continue to see it. Because I think AI is already present among us but we're just in a lot of cases we're, we're not really thinking of it of it as ai i mean the fact is google is ai when you think about it when you get into the point where google is actually able to predict what it is that you're searching for when you start type start typing something in and it's actually able to recognize you know this is ai you know we're, th we're talking about uh, smart homes we're talking about the idea of having things like siri and alexa and um cordana and everything like that you know one of the things that's that I want to be able to get into uh, a little bit later in the broadcast, which I feel is essentially a, a vital aspect of why AI is going to be incredibly important. I am fascinated by the idea of how AI is going to be able to assist us as a learning tool. It is going to be able to allow us to be able to learn things at an accelerated weight rate as an intuitive rate. It would be like having a teacher, a digital teacher with you that would be able to like empathetically understand you and being able to understand your preferences and being able to understand your learning methods. Um, so again, you know, in terms of technologies and everything like that, we really, we really start getting into this idea of thinking about technologies as a form of conscious expansion. And, and of course we can start getting into the idea of like cybernetics and cyborgs and, you know, again, what happens when we start merging man and machine and, and what does this look like? How have we seen this appear in mainstream media and does this already exist like in other parts of the universe? So we'll even be able to tie in the concept of, you know, aliens, future technologies existing across like multiple aspects of our reality. And, you know, are, are what we see as like aliens in some cases, are they, are, are, can we think of them as future technology? We can get into a lot of amazing things. Um, it's fascinating just to plant that seed of the idea that, you know, we as a human species are, are in our infancy in a lot of ways. And if the universe is billions and billions of years old, then you can only assume that technology and AI has been dabbled with by other alien species, you know, quote unquote alien species by other species across the galaxy. Um, and so if that's the case, you would likely assume that they are already out there. Um, and then again, how are they kind of showing up within our reality? 
So as we move through this broadcast, inviting you guys, uh, you guys and girls, everyone here in the YouTube chat as well to please feel free to contribute to the discussion. Uh, I'll be looking at the YouTube chat. We'll be hitting upon some main uh, themes. If you guys have any questions you want to be able to add, uh, we'll do that as well. And then again, we'll be passing the talk and stick around. Um, if you're looking to be able to join the broadcast, I'm going to post a link to the Google Hangout real quick within the YouTube. So allow me to do that real quick. So for anybody in the the broadcast if you're looking to join the broadcast there's a link in the YouTube for you to be able to join right there to make it easy for you so like I said I just want to hit upon a couple things um, and then I'm gonna pass it over to Byron and uh, then we're just gonna allow the conversation to unfold uh, we'll keep things relatively uh, popcorn style free flow style uh, I'm excited to see where this conversation goes this is a really exciting topic uh, for myself and I know a lot of other people are really excited about it as well so Leading into this broadcast, one of the things that I was actually doing, I was actually listening to Terrence McKenna talking about AI. And uh, of course, he was talking about this, you know, back in the 90s, uh, back when, it, you know, the Internet was still like this fresh thing. But one of the things that he was talking about, and I'll kind of summarize it within my own words, was this idea of thinking about, you know, juxtaposing how man functions man people humans and how ai functions how machine functions and so we'll just kind of talk about this real quickly just to kind of get an overview and just you know generalize things so that we can kind of build off from here but when you think about humans you know they are in many cases like environmentally oriented they are spatially oriented they are capable of doing things that machines can't and machines are capable of doing things that humans necessarily can't do very well and so humans in themselves obviously have a degree of emotions and everything like that and ai is something that you know can we program emotions into it we'll get into that later but for example you know if you were to tell a, a robot to to like go you know like go up into the bedroom and find a sock a black sock out of the top drawer you would take it would take a long time for you to be able to create a robot to specifically perform that task you know not to say it would be impossible but it would take a team of programmers to essentially create a program a team uh, a robot that could learn how to walk upstairs turn a corner recognize the bedroom open up a drawer and figure out what sock it needed right whereas a human you tell them that they can do it no problem it's pretty basic that's easy right Whereas uh, for a human, if you were to tell them, you know, find like the square root of like 7,269, most humans would struggle with that. Whereas like a machine, it's able to process that without any effort. It, it would be, you know, just like very much like a part of its programming. And so you realize that machines in themselves, they are computational creatures in, in a sense you know they, they they function based on logistics they function based on patterns they function based on consistency and this is why uh you know if you want to be able to program a machine you need to be very clear with how it is that you're inputting that data if your code is kind of messed up and stuff like that then the machine is going to replicate that so what's interesting is that when we as humans when we get to a certain state of efficiency it seems very interesting because we seem to function a lot like machines when we're in that high state of efficiency where, you know, it's like very precise decision making process, clean cut, uh, you know, consistent. Uh, and so it's just like really interesting to observe again, because with humans, it seems that by our nature, we kind of have uh, degrees of our own consciousness, which can function very machine like. Um, but then we also have a unique sovereignty to us. And when humans are kind of in a, a, a base state 
of being programmed, we very much become machines, you know, and this is where you can kind of like look at the idea of like how society uh, has kind of been dumbed down. People have kind of become uh, uh, automatons in, in, in a sense, uh, in the sense of, you know, you just like go to work, you run the same routine, you do this over and over and over and over and over again. You know, it's like there's no nothing entirely different. This is very machine like uh, in a sense. And so, um, again, you know, it's just kind of just kind of putting that out there just so we can kind of think about the idea of, you know, what is man? What is machine? But then you start merging into the idea of why is technology and machine and AI something that is of value to us? And then you start getting into ideas of understanding, again, how it can be used as a tool. How it can we use as something to literally expand our consciousness? And so when we get into the pretty much the modern day era that we are in, you look at the benefits that AI and technology has already given to us as a way to be able to expand our own abilities as humans. No longer do we necessarily have to be able to remember all of our friends' phone numbers because simply put, they are in our phone. Our machine does it for us. It literally becomes a prosthetic, uh, a prosthesis for our own memory, for our own intelligence, right? And so, I mean, again, this is kind of obvious stuff, but you, you, we kind of take it for granted. You just think about the idea that, you know, if you want to be able to pull up an answer, you literally have access to the internet right on your phone. And so another thing I'll just mention real quick, and then I'll pass it to Brian. Uh, and again, these are just kind of like a few hodgepodge ideas that I'm just putting out there. This is all just practice. Um, is also the idea of thinking about how machines in themselves, um, but at other times like the AI can also be like the savior. It can be like, you know, something that is a, a story of uh, coming into its own conscious awareness. Um, and so let me just check real quick here. Uh, looks like the stream signal just went bad for no apparent reason. Um, if you guys in the live chat can just drop an 1111 to make sure that you guys can hear me okay, uh, please do because uh, I'm just double checking because I'm not entirely sure if the streams, like literally as I'm talking about like computers and stuff like now, the stream signal just kind of may or may not have dropped. Um, so stand by as we just kind of make a opportunity to be able to see whether or not the signal is still broadcasting. And it looks like it still is. Okay, cool. All right, I'm just gonna keep going in with here even though my like red lights are blinking on and off. Okay, I'm just gonna list a quick list of here of examples of movies that I want you to keep in the back of your mind and kind of think about how, you know, AI has already been a part of our culture and everything like that. Uh, list of movies. 2001 A Space Odyssey. Uh, Ex Machina, which was a great movie. Blade Runner series. Uh, iRobot. AI Artificial Intelligence. The Matrix. Terminator. Transcendence. Robocop. War Games, Chappie, Tron, Short Circuit, Bicentennial Man, Avengers, Age of Ultron, Ghost in the Shell, Eagle Eye, Auton uh, Automata, uh, Morgan, Stealth, Tau, Upgrade, uh, some of the TV series that have been on recently. Uh, obviously, uh, Black Mirror is something that talks a lot about uh, AI and everything like that. Um, even Westworld is, again, another perfect example. Uh, Detroit, Becoming Human, as shared by Actualist in the live chat. So again, you know, the topic of AI is something that fascinates us. And and as we kind of get into this, I want us to be able to you know get into this discussion of if we are creating it, is it still us? Is it still consciousness? Is it still source? And again, how can our process of creating it, relating to it, help us essentially understand more about ourselves in a lot of ways? 
So I'm going to pass the talking stick around. Thank you guys so much for allowing me to just kind of babble on. We'll, we'll get into a lot more discussion as we go. Uh, like I said, I want to be able to branch off into the idea of uh, can a AI have a soul? Because I feel that's a great jump point. And then I'll read some of the comments from the Instagram as well. So uh, Brian, I'm going to pass it over to you and we'll uh, give you an opportunity to just share with the circle. Allow me to just be able to bring up the microphone here. So... Brian, welcome back to our team roundtable. And when you're ready, dude, I'll pass the microphone over to you and you can tell us a little bit about what you want to be able to bring to this discussion topic tonight. So go ahead, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, I'm Byron or Brian, however you want to call me, whatever. I was a chemist. I'm an artist. Uh, I study a lot about the future on like Reddit. There's a good uh, subreddits, our singularity, our futurism. And uh, I've read a few books um, two by Ray Kurzweil. Um, that's R A Y K U R Z W E I L. And this guy is the primary inventor of the flatbed scanner and invented uh, synthesizers in the 1980s. Well, he's also predicted things since the 1960s that have been 86% correct. And he's got a Wikipedia article that just lists everything about the future that you'd ever want to know. And even if his years are decades off, it doesn't matter because it's all coming into fruition, no matter what, based on our economics, how much our desire is in, into the field and how much the scientists and engineers are allowed to make it. Um, um, I have a big problem with, with that because like to me, I don't know. I don't know too much about it, but um, I believe consciousness that begins at quantum computing level, which is not, is, which is like computers ordinarily no one or zero or yes and no, yes or no, understands the ability of yes and no, just like a human mind, where it can make decisions then to go on further. So a lot of, um, I have the, I have dilemma with a lot of AI in the future being used as slaves. I think it'll be another civil rights movement personally. And I think, think uh, like, some things aren't fully alive. Like uh, my washing machine has an amazing AI where it can, you know, do a good job cleaning my clothes or bed sheets or whatever. But it it's at the same time doesn't uh, it's not not able to, you know. And to me, I call that kind of sliver of programming a, a virus, where it needs uh, organelles of a cell to live. Um. Yeah, and so there's a lot I can talk about. I don't know what to talk about first. I can talk about memes, exponentiality, um, the singularity, gray goo. Uh, I don't know. What, 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 what would you like me to talk about first, Brendan? That, I mean, that's, that's pretty good, man. Um, yeah, I think, you know, just kind of getting into the basics from here. Um, and then I think, uh, unless there's anything else you feel that you want to talk about, we can kind of get into, uh, again, the jump point of can AI have a soul? And then from there, I feel like that will kind of like open up into a few things. Um, if you do have any, uh, any examples as we kind of go through the broadcast again of like how AI is being used in, you know, modern day culture and everything like that, uh, that's all relative and stuff too. So I think I think that's cool for now, unless you feel that there's something else that you want to bring. I, I want to bring in the level of clarity we have. Um, there's a term I think everyone needs to know, and it's based off of Richard Dawkins, the famous atheist, in the 1972 book that he wrote called The Selfish Gene, which is about biology, because he was originally a biologist. And the word meme, M-E-M-E, -E, we know that as an internet meme, where you see a picture of the same thing with different words. It's a joke, right? But 
an actual meme is a, is a memory that's a gene. And so it's something that evolves outside of our body, which is how AI has come into being in the first place. Um, I think our level of clarity started with a, like a candle and it's become a light bulb and it's become something else. Like I, I was talking about it earlier and uh, like at first there was only spoken word and then stories and religions were, were passed on through generations to teach people about stars and, and, and what was known as their time of science. And uh, it got changed into written word, calligraphy, uh, stamps, wooden press, steel press, word processors to uh, computers to then blogs, which are over the top. You know, now we got blogs. We have so much data. Uh, last I checked in 2015, I think it was 500 hours of video is uploaded to YouTube per minute. Our bandwidth of minds can't even handle that with our mere chimp 98%. We're, we're 98% chimp and we're 99% related to each other. And there's even a doc, this is off topic, but there's even a documentary of a, of a hybrid chimp uh, person on, on YouTube that was a hairless ape and he actually behaved and didn't go back poop crazy when thrown in the bathroom. And um, I, I think we have prejudices and I think that we are, we're barely evolved apes. I think we have so much more to, to be enhanced. And I think biology will take 100,000 to million years while with our technology, it's the next step in evolution within 2030, 2035. I think most human consciousness could be uploaded in the computer, if not the rich or engineers developing it first. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fascinating stuff. Again, just kind of like getting a getting a scope on how quickly uh, AI, you know, technology is evolving. Uh, and, and that's the kind of the thing is that, you know, um, it's interesting when you think of things as Hertz, uh, because like Hertz can almost be thought of as a measurement of time. It's kind of like a frequency, a cycle. And so we as humans, we're operating at like a thousand megahertz or a thousand Hertz. And, uh, you know, that kind of gives us like a ratio of like how we perceive time, you know, we're able to see things in what we recognize as seconds. And so based on this, our scale of exponential growth kind of is measured based on this. When you realize that machines in themselves, uh, they are now functioning at, you know, like 10,000 hertz, you know, a, a, like 100,000 hertz, a million hertz. Like this is basically meaning that, you know, in a, in, a, in a case where for a human, it might, you know, we have to like watch things linearly. We have to like, if we want to like watch a book or read a movie, we have to do it linearly. We have to do it at the hertz that we exist at. Uh, for a machine, it can do things like, a billion times faster and so in this case as machines literally become active and and this is kind of where you know it gets into the the concerns about ai and this is stuff that you know elon musk talks about and many other people it's literally this idea of like you know if ai is kind of like this 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 organism that that kind of can able to learn to how to sustain itself learn how to sustain itself it can get to the point where you know we can lose control of it like it could actually start evolving so fast or it could start learning so fast um so it's just kind of like fascinating to think that you know for the humans what can be measured over the course of like the last like you know five thousand years you look at where we've evolved from living in you know like stone huts to modern day cities with cards and everything like that the machine it's going through its own evolutionary stage at like 
thousands of times faster and again you know this is uh moore's law is kind of like a reflection of this where we're literally seeing you know everything becoming faster and smaller faster and smaller faster and smaller um and this is where we'll kind of get into the discussion a little bit later we'll pass the talking stick in a second you know it even gets into the idea of nanotechnology uh the idea of literally being able to swallow technology uh, that is like something that we are essentially moving into. And in many cases, we're already there. We're already, you know, when we're getting into pharmacology and biology and everything like that, we're already changing things at a molecular level. Uh, so, you know, where is the future kind of putting us towards is, is, is a great thing to be able to hypothesize uh, within this. And, and again, you know, what are the concerns uh, that it is that we're looking for? But what, so it's like, as we kind of perceive the future of AI, I think it's good to kind of look at the idea of like, you know, what are the things that we're excited about and what are the things that we need to be a little bit concerned about you know what are the things that that are kind of like the pros and cons uh of this as well so um byron uh i'm gonna pass the talking stick around was there anything else you wanted to add at this moment and that's plenty plenty for now so there were a bunch of things i wanted to say but uh it's just so much information at once it's overbearing it can be overwhelming and the best thing to do is is to acknowledge that it's happening and uh don't be afraid I mean, it's normal to be afraid, but I think of more positives from this than negatives. I think it's a double-edged sword. When you when you're talking about swallowing a pill of nanotechnology, it's going to uh, you know allow MRIs to read our brains real time, and then theoretically upload our minds. Or or um, it's 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 scary stuff. And uh, I don't know. That's enough for me. I, I I've talked enough for a little while. I want to hear everyone else talk. Cool, man. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate you being here. All right. So let's, uh, th let's, uh, we'll pass the talking stick around, uh, next. Uh, I want to even just, uh, Caden, I wanted to be able to pass the talking stick to you first. And then from there, we'll, again, we'll, we'll just kind of, we'll just kind of pass it around guys. Um, I, I just know, uh, Caden, uh, was talking about some stuff earlier, so I want to be able to give him a chance. Uh, at this point, you know, uh, opposed to getting right into the idea of like, can I, I, I have a soul? We'll kind of catch up with that idea in a bit. I just want to be able to invite you guys to share your general thoughts on, again, you know, this topic of like AI and future technologies, AI and consciousness, you know, why is this topic important to you? And what do you feel are some things that the listening audience should keep in mind, should benefit from hearing. And as Caden is uh, sharing, I'm going to pull his microphone up in a second. I'm going to post a link to the Google Hangouts into the YouTube chat again. So if you guys are looking to be able to join, uh, hang tight and I'll uh, send you an individual invite if you uh, post your email into the chat uh, as well. Make sure it's a G uh, Google Gmail. So Jen, I'll, I'll send you an invite in a second. Caden, uh, let me just bring up your microphone here and then from there we'll pass it to whoever's next. Uh, so... Let me just double check. Caden, can you hear me okay? Yep, I gotcha. Okay, cool, man. All right, are you uh, ready to take the talking stick if there's some things you want to bring to the discussion? Yeah, so one of the okay. things I wanted to talk about was the concerns and the obvious, like, scare and uncertainty about AI and the, the technology that would come with that. Um, one of the guys I love to listen to talk about this stuff is Elon Musk. And Elon Musk is known to really express his fear for AI. And, you know, he's really aware that it's AI is going to create a lot of changes really quickly. Um, he, I forget exactly which podcast I watched it on, um, but he explained a basic concept about one of the factors in AI. And it's basically two robots 
And so you have one robot that makes something, right? And then you have another robot that judges. And so the maker robot basically tells the judge robot how to judge. And the judge robot tells the maker bot how to make. And so they just go through these iterations over and over and over again, thousands of times, you know, in a second. And so basically once you create uh, any technology that's capable of doing that, if it has access to rewrite its own code, the second we set it free, I think it's immediately just going to approve upon itself and it's going to make progress thousands of times faster than humans can. And so at that point, <clears throat> unless we have systems in place to limit, um, I think it's just going to take right off right without us. And depending on what we're trying to use it for, obviously we can build, you know, frames to make sure it's only got one task or one goal. However, um, you know, I, I think when AI is created, I think the military is going to be the first to really use this technology. And so I don't think the military has a good history with making moral decisions. Um, there's lots of oops shouldn't have done that moments. And I don't think with something like AI, we can really, we can really afford to do this. Um, Max Tedmark, a physics professor at MIT is quoted for saying, we don't want to learn from our mistakes of AI. Um, <clears throat> it's, it's really just, it's, I believe that it's a matter of instilling some sort of moral um, system in the technology that we create that way it um, I guess it depends on if you consider an AI can really have feelings one second uh, Kaden you just accidentally got muted um, you might just have to press a button there to uh, that happens sometimes so uh, careful actualists. So Caden, double check your, there you go. Okay. You're back. Okay. Go ahead. Continue. All right. I don't know how that happened. Sorry about that. So I guess it would depend on if we programmed in some sort of moral barometer in this AI, because if it, de depending on its goal, once it takes off without us, it, if it has no morals and doesn't really care about us, it's going to do whatever it wants. And that might not be, you know, the best situation for us as humans with our obvious flaws. And yeah, I mean, that's what I've got to say for now. Word, word, man. Yeah, no, that's good. I mean, I think, uh, again, the concept of morality is definitely one uh, that goes hand in hand with the topic of AI, especially, um, again, you know, this is stuff that you're right, like Elon Musk is talking about. AI is one of the few things within this world that we don't have like a global regulation over. And that's because it's still so brand new. But basically, this creates some issues because there's currently right now nothing stopping from uh, a, like a government from using AI to be able to use again, like for their warfare, for it to be able to use for, you know, like malicious means and everything like that. Um, so, yeah, like as AI moves forward, I think that's something that we hopefully will see more of is kind of like regulations being put in place to be able to, you know, keep it uh, directed towards ways that are going to be able to serve people. And I think it's obvious that, you know, there's there's kind of a, you can kind of almost think of, uh, uh, you know, uh, 
like an ideal version of the future where AI is is this ever serving uh, aspect that enhances our day to day life. And this is, you know, one of the things that a lot of people talk about related to technology and machines and everything like this. And this is what Actualist was talking about. And Actualist, we'll pass it to over to you next uh, is the idea of, again, you know, if, if, if machines become so efficient, then that means they will not only be able to replace common jobs done by humans, which in some cases can be seen as a detriment because it would be taking jobs from humans. But the other side of that coin is that it would be freeing humans uh, from like the mundane jobs to be able to perhaps spend more time on personal exploration, creativity, art, hanging out with family and friends, you know, seeing the world and everything like that. So that's kind of a beautiful way to think about how if we're using AI as, a, again, almost like a, a, a servant, uh, which again, it kind of gets into morality and stuff like that is, is, you know, as long as it doesn't have feelings, does it matter if we're making it work for like, you know, nonstop and everything. Uh, but I think that is just one vision to keep in mind of how AI can liberate human consciousness. Imagine a society where there all the factory jobs are done by machines and therefore people have an awesome opportunity to just not even maybe they're not even working maybe like jobs quote-unquote jobs become a thing of the past think about how many jobs right now could be done by a robot and i'm sure we've all been in a place like that where a lot of us have probably worked some of those jobs where we're just like wow okay this is literally just doing something that either somebody else could do the exact same way or maybe a robot could do it. So uh, yeah, just one other side to keep in mind uh, about, you know, if a future, far in the future, if a society was creating AI, surely you would think they would use it to be able to, you know, free themselves from the mundane uh, tasks and such. Um, but yeah, again, so much more to get into as we explore this conversation. Uh, Actualist, I'm going to pass it over to you. And uh, Caden, thank you very much for, for sharing, man. So actually, let me just bring up your microphone here. And uh, again, we'll keep bouncing around in this topic uh, as we move forward. Actually, just want to do a quick microphone check. Yes, yes, I'm here. I was just trying to figure this okay. out because I heard some background noise. I don't know if the, it was the guy who was speaking. I heard some, no something. No like It was like somebody was fiddling think, with something. I was trying to mute this. I don't no know worries. who it was. I, I saw that Jenna just came in. Yeah, it know. might it might have just been Jenna's mic, but we got it muted now, so that's okay. So, all right. So, actually, let's pass in the talking stick over to you. So, if there's any particular ideas that you want to be able to bring to the team roundtable related to this topic, you, again, you know, what are some things that you would want the audience to kind of keep in mind related to this topic, and then you know, we'll go deeper as we go more more forward. So, go ahead, man, when you're ready. Yeah, my my greatest concern is just the Illuminati agenda, like who like some of these rich people who got these. AIs and they, I'm, pr I'm pretty sure they have to go through through the, the certain officials or whatever. I don't know how to get things legal. Like let's let's take a Sophia for instance. I don't know who's the controller or if they have any connections with the Illuminati or whatever. But if they do, then they're going to do it where there's a certain agenda to keep us like slaves or whatever, and we can't really be free to do whatever we want or whatever. Especially, you you say something about the nano swallow something that we got to be very careful because they can reprogram you, they can change your DNA and everything. <laughs> so, what do you know about the like the connection with the Illuminati and like Sophia Robot, like these main ones that they tell you know that they put on YouTube and stuff? Which one's the Sophia Robot? If you want to just remind people, I think that's like one of the first lady robots that you you just uh, look it up okay, on YouTube, Sophia. One. 
Yeah, so what, she's what, the first one I, I've ever seen, and I don't know who's in control of that, who's the creator of that. Well, I, I'm just I wondering think, what's their what's their agenda with Sophia? Is there any connection with the Illuminati? What they're trying to brainwash us with something or whatever? Because I, I they they, they there's, there's even one where Sophia said, "I want to destroy all humans." She just suddenly, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I know what you're talking about and stuff like that. Um, personally, like I don't really kind of like if, like get too pulled into the idea of thinking about like how the quote unquote Illuminati are going to be using uh, AI technology. I think it is like something to keep in mind and stuff like that. I think a lot of the the technological advancements related to AI is just like happening by individual project developers and, you know, is happening for like good uh, intentions. But at the same time, um, yeah, you know, like can AI, does AI need to be controlled? And, and in a lot of cases, like, again, this is where I want to get into discussion of like, what is the top... What, what is the top tier expression of AI that we have on the planet right now? And I would love for someone else to be able to even, you know, do some research as we're exploring this. Um, I know there was a discussion that was like at a TED talk where it was like two AI, like talking to each other. Uh, but again, you know, or even uh, Watson would be one of the good examples. Watson was like the AI that was on Jeopardy and stuff. But again, like these AI, that type of AI, like that's not necessarily like self-aware AI. Like that is literally just a program algorithm that is constantly doing deep mining, like deep data searches and being able to pull information up like instantaneously, again, because of like the hertz that it's running at and everything like that. Um, but is it is it thinking like does that qualify as thinking if something is literally just like a, a, an advanced form of calculative you know processing and things like that um so yeah i'm not really sure like if i have like a direct answer in terms of like the illuminati uh in relation to uh ai and stuff like that it's not really something that i get too too caught up in but what, i don't know man what what do you think or any other any other thoughts related to to ai and uh we'll pass the talking stick around in a bit and again we'll get into the idea of like does can ai have a soul because i feel like that's a that's kind of a good jump because point. They're, they're trying to create them where they actually have emotions and th and now it's getting to legal concerns like can we just do anything we want to the robots like we can we can actually one of the robots can send us to court or whatever if we try anything because now they got emotions now so we gotta be very careful and then there might be some illuminati connections and then we might they might be getting us in trouble or whatever we just gotta be very careful how we go about it it depends on who has the ai robots who 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 are they in connection with you know what i'm saying are they just going to allow anyone to freely make any type of artificial intelligence robots without any you know legal you know things that they got to go through first or whatever you know yeah 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 and and i think like as the future kind of approaches and stuff like that the idea of can ai be taught to be compassionate will be something that will arise and and i think once that happens again like that will get very confusing for us as humans if you can program an ai to have say a like it, it would be programmed to like have interest in the well-being of a human you know so imagine an, an an ai you create an ai that would be like a nanny ai or something like that right and its job is to take care of a child so it would like yes. notice if a child was like getting too close to a tv that it might knock over on itself so it like steps in front of it and stops it from happening or or it would it would you know like know when it's crying so it knows like how to show up to it and like soothe it and comfort it or like play it a lullaby or something like that it would know when it's hungry and things like that and it's interesting because again you know at at, at what point 
within the technology available is the the programs that we're running and everything like that do they kind of switch from just like ones and zeros to something more to something that actually is spontaneous um, because again that's kind of where man and machine differentiate is that machines if they're programmed there should be no surprises um, but as the programming becomes more advanced they seem to at some times almost like go beyond the code especially if the code was intended for that purpose um so again this is like as humans that's kind of what defines us is our unpredictability so, so i want to ask you so this question about whether it can have a soul is this something that came to your mind or is this something that you just got a lot of people are asking this question somewhere online or whatever yeah, this is a question that I've seen uh, popped up in a few places. I think it was even uh, you sent me or someone else sent me. Uh, it may have been you uh, sent me like a link to uh, another fellow's like Instagram page. And I literally saw him like, you know, working with that same question. I'm like, yeah, that's a good question. So that was kind of like as it started to pop up. But of course, this question has essentially been around since AI has been around uh, in a lot of ways. Um, but I do feel that it is uh, an exceptionally potent one. Uh, because again, it really brings into the question of what defines a soul and what defines consciousness. And so there's a particular idea that I want to be able to get into uh, a little bit later um, based on my own thoughts of how we could actually create an AI that would actually uh, inhabit consciousness. Um, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, actually, this so is my any... next question. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. My next question for that means, so why does it, why does it even matter if it has a soul? As long as it's intelligent, it can do things because a soul is basically something that can re reincarnate. I mean, we can't prove that. Then what does it really matter? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, that was all, all that matters is that anything is intelligent. Every, all of this is intelligence and consciousness. We all have atoms, DNA. Well, certain things have DNA. I'm just saying mm -hmm. we all have atoms and atoms are intelligent. They create creatures. So we should treat them just like human beings mm -hmm. pretty much, you know, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, and again, that's where like this gets into a very interesting moral discussion. Um, because again, you know, is simulated intelligence still intelligence is simulated emotion still emotion. And this is where like we as humans, like we begin to project our visions of it. You know, this is this is where we kind of like anthropomorphize, you know, different characteristics where we start developing relationships uh, with our computers and everything like that. Then um, this is where you start getting into movies. Uh, a great movie would be the movie Her with Joaquin Phoenix and I believe Scarlett Johansson uh, a great movie where again it's about um, uh, an individual who develops like a, a romantic relationship with an AI and and the reason for that is because this AI is present with him and it is relating to him and it is engaging with him through conversation so it's very interesting because I think um, that is where kind of the future is kind of moving into where we as humans are beginning to care more and more about our technologies and and, and that's like becoming more evident and and now we're getting to the point where we're allowing the technologies to begin to care more and more uh, about us. But again, you know, we're still kind of on this like very interesting uh, precipice uh, right now where I feel like over the next 10 years, like things are going to get really interesting and really weird really quick. So um, actually, uh, is there, if there's anything else and then we're going to pass the talk Instagram because we've got a few more people in here. So yeah, that's it for now. That's it for now. Okay, cool. Awesome. Thank you yeah. man, for being here. Yeah, thanks. All right. So, um, yeah, there's, uh, there's something else. Um, 
yeah, like I said, there's there's an idea that I want to get into about like the soul consciousness thing. I'll save that for a minute. Uh, I just want to be able to pass the talking stick around. So we still have uh, Justin in here, and we do have Zamara. Hey, Zamara, I want to just wave real quick. Thanks for joining. All right, so um, Justin, I want to be able to pass over to you, and then we'll pass over to Zamara. And then uh, again, if anybody else wants to join, uh, you're more than welcome to. Just let me know in the YouTube chat, and I'll post a link for you, or send your email. Your email won't appear in the YouTube chat, and I'll post a, a direct invite link. Uh, Justin, so I'm going to pass the talking stick over to you and we'll get some of your thoughts on, again, like the whole AI and anything else that you would like to bring to the table. So Justin, go, go ahead when you're ready, dude. Welcome back. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Justin Love here. And, uh, you know, you know, this is my opinion. Uh, based off of my experiences and my research is that like we're waiting for something that has already happened. Um, it's already happened and, it, and it's continuing to happen. What do I mean by that? I mean, if you think about everything that we do now, every single thing that you look up online, on a smartphone device, it's all tracked. It's an IP address, has an electronic signature. It's all being stored in a database and databases all throughout the world. And that creates a basically like a, a, a digital fingerprint of, of you because everything that you do when you're searching and when you're talking all those things, every keystroke is being recorded. Everything is being recorded about you. And it takes thoughts. So your thoughts are creating your experience when you are searching and talking and texting on your smartphone within the matrix. Is what I call the matrix, is the, is the internet. And... Uh, so all of this is all being stored. And, and basically what we are doing is we are giving our energy to this so it can create a digital version of us so that we no longer will need to exist in these physical bodily forms, these carbon-12 vessels. And that is what's happening, in my opinion. Yeah, man, it's it's interesting, again, just to think about like how right now, if an AI were to try to study any one of us, it literally would have the information to recreate a version of our identity, uh, just based on the information that all of us have inputted into, you know, the data just online and everything like that. So yeah, it's definitely it's definitely something to, to keep in mind. So yeah, cool, man. Justin, anything else you want to share at the moment? And we'll, we'll get into, we'll pass it around. We'll get into the, the soul consciousness stuff in a second. Um, other than what I just said, I mean, um, that, in, in my opinion, would be the answer to the question of the evening. Does AI have a soul? Yes, it does, because AI is us. And we are creating the next version of ourselves in the future of our evolution as a consciousness weird man awesome i dig it 
Cool. All right, Justin, shall we pass the talking to ground? Is that good for now? Yeah. Perfect. Awesome. Good, bro. Thank you, man. Thank you for joining. Yep. Cool. All right. So we'll pass the talking to over to Zamara next. Um, and again, I'm just kind of reading some of the comments and everything. I just wanted to, uh, Joe Sue was just posting, posting in the comment, uh, again, cause you know, as a community right now, it, it's interesting because like we, like again, like we as humans in many ways function so much like machines and machines function so much like humans. And the fact is that, you know, we need to be able to function as like a mega organism together by sharing our information and sharing our knowledge. And so I appreciate uh, Joe Sue just sharing some information in the live chat, just going back to Sophia, uh, something that I didn't even know. And, and they're saying that Sophia is very compassionate. Sophia's job is to lead group meditation to understand duality. Uh, so that in itself is very interesting. The idea of thinking about can AI actually be programmed to teach mindfulness? Again, you know, I think when you really just focus on the idea of how can AI be used to better our lives, there's a lot of doors that open up there. Um, again, this is where we're even seeing it now through the idea of automatic cars, autonomous cars, cars that can drive themselves. And again, the reason for this is that a car, like you don't need AI to be empathetic in order for it to be good at what it needs to do, depending on what it needs to do. So if it needs to get from A to B and measure things at you know ones and zeros and everything like that, yeah, you could program it to drive a car. And that is actually one thing that we will be seeing a lot more of in the future, this idea of AI being used to to make the life safer for us and to be able to make life more convenient for us in a lot of ways. Um, so I think it's really, really fascinating to be able to see it advancing uh, in that way as well. Um, and then again, and then this is where you get into the other side of it. It's like that same information and that same technology can also be used by government for surveillance purposes, um, where it's literally doing face recognition and it's pulling people's data up like on a fly, right? But at the same time, uh, it, again, that's kind of a double-sized thing because obviously you're getting into this like Orwellian perspective on it. But what if it was doing that in a way to be able to prevent crime or something, right? So I think anything... Uh, is very neutral, but but it, as a tool, again, which is essentially what technology is, it's an extension of ourselves, you know, really going back to, to like, you know, the creating of the stone wheel, where it's literally like a hammer and a rock type thing, you know, these are tools, they are extensions of our limbs, and, and so in that sense, like, they very much are us, even though they are artificial. Again, this is where it kind of gets into the idea of like, what even defines uh, artificial? Uh, and, and so I think it's kind of the idea of uh, simulated intelligence versus artificial intelligence. But if the simulation becomes so advanced, is it still artificial? Because it is almost simulating to the degree that it is indistinguishable from uh, you know, the level that we are able to exhibit it as. Um, so again, I think uh, when we look back at kind of some of the, the media and stuff like that related to AI, I think there's some great examples there that we'll be able to get into as we get into the discussion of AI and soul consciousness. Uh, Bicentennial Man was something that I watched not too long ago. Uh, and that's like a movie about Robin Williams as a machine literally becoming human. Uh, and, and it was a fascinating story. I really recommend you guys go check that out. Shout out to Robin Williams. And uh, Transcendence was another one that we were talking that I watched literally earlier today. And that was 
about Johnny Depp as a person who uploads his consciousness, uh, digitizes it to an AI, and then it like hooks into the internet, and it kind of goes crazy, and things kind of get carried out of hands. But uh, at the same time, it was also like setting forth with the intention to be able to make this world uh, a better place, and to actually be able to uh, go to the level of nanotechnology where it could regrow things at a nano level. So if you could have technology that was so advanced that it could literally regrow a tree instantaneously, imagine how crazy that would be. And this is where it kind of gets into later in the movie where it's talking about the idea of it, of an advanced form of AI becoming so advanced that it would almost get to the point of interacting with this reality almost from the state of uh, a lucid dreamer. So in the same way, it's it's very godlike. It becomes very godlike. Whereas if you're in a lucid dream, you could create again. You could create a forest just by imagining it, and then eventually hypothesizing this is a far reach version of the future with nanotechnology and AI, where it could literally create a forest just by thinking about it through this nano again this nanotechnological process that is almost beyond our comprehension. But if we're just hypothesizing things at a rate of the fact that it's going to keep evolving. What if that could happen? What if there are worlds out there that could literally be built just by thought sort of thing? So it's crazy. It's crazy, right? So again, we kind of have to find the middle ground uh, in order to really be able to get to, uh, you know, the fruit of this conversation. So I'm going to pass it over to Zamara. Give me a thumbs up if you're ready. We'll pass it over to you. And then from there, guys, we'll just go into popcorn style. So we'll just kind of sit, saying, hang tight. And we'll kind of, again, I want to get into the, the, can I, AI have a soul and see where that takes us. So Zamara, I'm going to pull your microphone up and Zamara, you can hear me. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. Zamara, are you an, are you an artificial intelligence? No, (laughs) I'm not. Okay. Can you, can you, can you, can you prove it? Um, well, I suppose that that's a hard question to answer. <laughs> a hard question. Yeah. I mean, I I'm, I'm a physical person and I'm here and I don't think that, uh, we've come to the brink of physical, uh, forms yet and exactly pass off as human. <laughs> so I hope I, I look real enough. All right. You, pa- um, you pass the test. I'm just playing. Go, that, go uh, ahead, Zamir. The talking to you. This topic, because, um, there was some kind of like, like Microsoft, these competitions that have to do with AI every so often. And I had signed up for their first one where they were really looking for programmers. And it was really interesting. Um, The second contest they held was sort of to brainstorm about ways to merge AI into our everyday lives in a way that um, humanity will accept and not ruin almost be and and i kind of agree with that standpoint that um we have the ability for the first time ever to have something that can objectively look over all of our experiences in real time at the you know all at once and can help us you know one thing that i experience in my spiritual journey is the ability to see the inherent connection within all things you know not all things are the same but Um, They are tied by similar links. And so to have a being that can do this even faster um, than we're able to, because it takes us years and still more years to cultivate this sort of um, Gnosticism or whatever you want to call it about um, how we are connected and tied to the best steps are to move forward to achieve and I think perhaps the fear that 
comes up, um, especially in uh, Deuce Ex Machina, that movie, I saw a lot of fears that are reflective of like, you know, these fears come up every time you're interact interacting with people. Um, and a lot of times I think that whenever we're presented with, you know, a new technology that perhaps give us, gives us a mirror into things that uh, we don't necessarily want to accept or we don't um, want to admit about ourselves, we become very threatened by it. Perhaps this new thing is going to start suggesting we do things totally completely different than we do them now. And for a lot of people that's scary because they're not sure what that will look like. Um, so, I mean, I really, whether or not AI has a soul, I don't think so because it is different than like a biological organism. However, um, that I don't think that takes anything away from like it having a consciousness or interacting with us on the same level that we can interact with each other. Um, so yeah, <laughs> that's my two cents on that, I suppose. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Zamir. Thank you, oh. you Zamir. Do you have headphones by chance? Zamir, do you have headphones? Um, I do. I have to plug them in. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's okay. I got the mic toggle out a second though. I'll just wait for you, you to plug that in. But yeah, that way so it can just be like more conversation style. Um, but yeah, and and again, I think uh, hitting upon that idea of can it have a soul? No slash maybe. Um, can it have consciousness? more so yes and this is the idea of you know what is the difference between consciousness and a soul uh in some ways you know we and this is kind of again what, what we were talking about a little bit earlier um justin was talking about this the idea of if we're defining a soul soul would seem to be the thing that can continue beyond the physical you know it can be the thing that exists in a vehicle in this case like a, a human vehicle and then after that vehicle dies decays the soul will continue um whereas it, at this point do we do, do we have the vehicle existing for uh for like a soul to inhabit something else as man-made um, and, and again, I, I think, I don't know if it's impossible. I don't know if it's impossible. And so I'll, I'll just kind of put out the one idea that I was going to mention, uh, real quick related to this concept of, again, you know, AI and soul and stuff. I feel that one of the things, uh, related to AI that I feel very likely could happen. This is just kind of an idea. And I, I don't even know if it's one that like really exists in a science fiction book particularly, but it's one that just kind of makes sense for me. We often think about creating AI from this idea of, again, kind of, kind of building a ones and zeros structure upon layers and layers and complexity and complexity till, again, it reaches a point where it's simulating a form of intelligence. But I feel that there's another path to this, that there's another route to be able to go about this. And it's almost being able to think about the idea of the human brain, not so much being the creator of consciousness, but rather an antenna for consciousness. And you think of the consciousness as being, you know, this ocean that we are in, this field that we are in is kind of everywhere. It's in the ether. Uh, it's up and above. And so if that's the case, then is our brain more so an antenna for consciousness to be able to come in through and act through? 
And if that's so, then what would happen if we were to focus our technologies on the idea of creating an artificial quote unquote antenna for consciousness? And suddenly I feel that like that little paradigm shift can drastically change things because again, it's not so much the idea of creating a, a simulated intelligence, but it's creating like a, a, an ecosystem for a consciousness to enter into to be able to utilize to be able to express itself where suddenly it's using you know the clicks the ons the offs the binaries within the framework that we've made which is still going to be like something electrically oriented to be able to express itself and then it suddenly begins to learn where it's just like okay if i like send a signal this way then like that lights up this and this lights up that because again it's crazy you think about our brains and it's literally just this series of signals. But like, where is this? Who's operating those signals, right? Like, where is that command center kind of coming from? And this is where you almost get into the idea of, again, this is what people were talking about already. Like, are we as humans already AI in, in a sense? Are we kind of like another version of AI in, in a sense? Um, just kind of, okay, good. Google Hangouts still running. Um, so I'll, I'll pass back to you, Zamir, in a second. Um, but, but again, you know, it's just kind of a fascinating little idea to think about, can we create an antenna for AI to be able to enact through and to be able to express itself through? And like, and at that point, like, it's not even so much artificial it's not even so much artificial intelligence. It's like a different form of intelligence. It's really weird because, you know, if, if we like a, a simple example, could we as humans recreate an insect? Could we do that? Do you think we could do that from like a, an electronic level, so to speak? You would think that it would probably be yes, because insects are small, they're complex, but you would feel that we could do that. So can we start replicating other types of quote unquote brains? And then suddenly we're like noticing them existing we're noticing them in acting and then there's still going to be this mystery of like at what point does consciousness like come into something it's really bizarre and fascinating but um i feel there's something there there's something down that rabbit hole um but uh, zamira i don't know any 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 thoughts on that does that yeah big time big time so it also ties into like you know i think about like pre-awakening or you know before i realized i was on the journey i was on and you know, the kind of concept that is pushed is that uh, consciousness is is simply like a byproduct of several complex functioning parts that are running together. And um, to a certain degree, like that's not true. And to another degree, that may very well be the case, as we've seen um, just a little bit with um, there was a Google video. Uh, that came out quite a quite a while ago when they first got these android looking robots and they're sitting there having a conversation with it and they're talking to the programmer and he's asking you know how much of this is pre-programmed and he explains that like there are certain programs in place so it's able to pick up data in real time and formulate words and and have conversations however um it's really unclear what exactly is functioning to piece it all together in that unique and specific way that this, you know, robot is apparently doing. So um, I think we still haven't merged, you know, science into the field of, of consciousness 
um, enough, deep enough, and ask the right questions about our own consciousness that we will be able to really accurately describe it in something else. Um, if we continue, you know, to probe our own consciousness, I think it will become clearer and clearer what it, exactly it is in another thing. But um, until then, I think we're kind of in the sphere of like, it just being some kind of random event or something that um, is like a mix of different uh, predispositions and then boom, all of a sudden you have a conscious being. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty trippy. And, and you're right. I think <laughs> it's, really it's, trippy. it's really trippy. It's, and it's hard for us to kind of wrap our head around. Um, but you're right. I feel that the future of AI will take like a quantum leap as we begin researching and merging with the field of consciousness. Cause, cause you're right. Like, I think that's kind of the thing is that I think that a lot of scientists, they aren't, they don't have a, a, a good framework of what consciousness is. And therefore it's not really something no. that they're, they're integrating into the technologies that they're working in. But like, there's gotta be some scientists out there that are coming in from it, from like the psychedelic side of things and the metaphysical side of well, things. Well, and so. what's interesting with that is you have, sorry not to interrupt, but like people like Neil deGrasse Tyson, right? And I was watching one of his talks the other day and he really kind of grinds my gears sometimes because <laughs> he will openly like, you know, dismiss people on ideas of consciousness or ideas yeah. of spirituality yeah, based yeah. on like, Science. not having not ever listening enough to understand what people are getting to the root of but then talk about concepts like higher dimensionality and things that are equally unprovable they're just more mainstream or more scientists have um you know come together and talk about that topic so it's more Mm -hmm. as less of a spiritual thing but you realize that these guys are basically talking about the same thing that we're talking about and um it's like we're just missing out on like certain questions that are defined by your experience more so like the subjective and objective are still really dualistic within the scientific community and um I think once we merge kind of a more spiritual or higher conscious outlook and we start asking questions based on that point of view in a scientific way, we're going to see like this massive, like you said, a quantum leap in terms of how we understand what the hell is actually going on here. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, yeah, we'll, we'll pass the talking stick around. I just want to be able to open it up. Um, and uh, I think, uh, yeah, again, we'll focus back in on the question of, you know, can AI have a soul? Um, as we kind of move forward, we'll get into, again, like the topic of like singularity, because that's a very popular topic that kind of relates to this. And again, like singularity is the idea of like the the merging of man and machine. And, and again, this is where we get into the idea of like uploading consciousness to a digital framework. And again, even from that side of things, if you were to create a, a digital simulation of someone's personality on a you know expressing itself like is that a soul or is that just a, a reflection of what we identify as a person that we associate with the soul it's very weird um so uh kaden i want to be able to pass it over to you uh related to again like this spe specific topic can ai have a soul so uh kaden do you have any thoughts on that and then we'll just freestyle from there and zamara thank you again for joining uh <clears throat> So, Kate, yeah, go so, ahead, dude. Yeah, so I'd love to just bounce this conversation back and forth with you. 
Um, so what do you think would you'd really call a soul? Like, what is your definition of a soul? Exactly. Right. And, and that's really like where the conversation also takes things is, is having that discussion of what defines a soul. Let's see uh, if I were to try and define a soul literally on the spot. I think for me, again, this is this is kind of I think the best way to be able to understand the soul is to kind of look at things from this multidimensional level. And basically the soul would be like the player who is playing the game. Whereas who we are right now is kind of like the character, but we're not the actual player. We are the character that the player is playing. So from a higher dimensional level, call it fifth dimension or 12th dimension or whatever you want. There's another part of us that has again kind of like this higher dimensional perspective on things it can kind of see outside of time and space and it is the part of us that is kind of choosing to play a character and then when that game ends it will choose to play a different character and uh and, and so again like kind of from this level it's kind of weird because it's like if we're playing skyrim or we're playing any other video game and we're like playing all these characters are we the soul of that character like it starts getting like really really weird and again this is where you start getting into the idea of realizing how much reality is just a reflection of like dimensions within dimensions within dimensions but yeah from our from our perspective again it's really weird to think that's a blows my mind the idea to think that we're the soul of our video game characters but i think it it's a good metaphor but from our perspective i would say that the soul is the part of us that continues beyond one physical incarnation and it has a higher perspective on things um yeah in some way or another so what, what do you think dude okay. so if the soul is the part that transcends the physical body um i would say well i'd say in my opinion i think the physical body and how it acts and how it reacts is basically um the product of all of the experiences that you know that body's gone through um their opinions from you know being raised the way they're raised the people they hang out with all of that i think all of that is limited to the body and so at that point um i start to wonder like <clears throat> what what opinions could the soul bring to the table if any is the soul just pure awareness um in that case if we had an ai and we set like a you know a distinct goal then i'd say that would be the ai's body because that's the ai responding to you know the environment that it's in um you know it would do the it would do that, that task and i guess unless we programmed it to do so i don't believe that it would have any opinions on it doing that task i think um i guess it depends at the level if there are any of ai that we're talking about because i've heard you know discussions about super ais before where it basically can you know think like we can it could come up with artistic creations um i guess create new things um as a result of a bunch of stimuli um because like i brought up earlier in this uh discussion um two robots one you know, making something one judging it and the one that makes it tells the one that judges it how to judge it and the one that judges it tells the one that makes it how to make it. Um, that's considered AI. So it just goes through these iterations and it gets better and better each time. But with a super AI, it would have a version of that with two robots going back and forth, except I guess with anything we want it to be, like how it reacts to a conversation with another person, um, how it reacts to the goal that 
we're giving it and we want it to solve. So I guess the soul of the AI would really just be, you know, any any thoughts, opinions, any of that that transcends the goal we're giving the AI, the sorry, AI. And so <clears throat> I assume that my soul is basically the oneness and the unity of the and my opinions of everything, that's just a byproduct of the situation I'm in. So I really think, you know, with AI, something that we create, it all depends on if we want to implement a system like that. I guess we would have to create it and put it into the AI. So I guess it's really, in my opinion, up to us if we want the AI to have something that transcends these goals that we're setting the AI to do. Word. Yeah, that's a that's a good way of putting at it, looking at it. Um, yeah. And one of the things that's kind of come into mind uh, as we're kind of talking about this, um, obviously, you know, like there's a concept of the, the Turing test, which is worth mentioning. And again, this is kind of within the same ballpark of the idea of if you have someone talking to a, a robot or an AI and it doesn't know that it's talking to a robot or an AI, then at that point it passes the Turing test um, where again, it, it, it's, it's displaying a range of emotions that almost become undistinguishable to the observer. And, and it's consistently kind of meeting the, the matched behavior. Um, what I think is really interesting is to imagine creating a robot AI that didn't know that it was AI right like i think i think when you kind of create the context when you shift the context of what you're creating then it starts getting like really really blurry right cuz this is where you kind of get into this idea of uh it, it's kind of it's kind of similar to like blade runner and stuff like that even though that's a little bit different cuz that's like with replicants but it's still it's kind of like i guess it's ai again i think i think the replicants thing is kind of an interesting idea because that's kind of related to what i'm talking about with like you create an antenna for the soul to enter and it's all bio bio biologically reflected as our behavior um but again you know i'm just just trying to imagine an ai who woke up one day and it didn't know that it was artificial it was literally just programmed to learn it was programmed to learn about its reality it was programmed to learn about you know how to how to do things and imagine it it, it you kind of run it through this um through through this idea of the same way you would as if a child was being born and and it's learning and it's growing and then what makes things really trippy is that if you program in the AI to care about its own survival and to even question its own existence, does that suddenly make it alive, right? Imagine if an AI can ask the question of like, what will, like, can I, will I stop existing if I break? You know, it, 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 once you kind of get to this stage where the AI is questioning its own mortality, does that make it alive? And in that sense, it, it does that give it a soul? Does that give it an identity? And, and so again, this is where we're kind of we're kind of shifting around with the idea of, of what is a soul? Is a soul just kind of like a consistent identity uh, in, in, in a sense? Um, again, it's, it's really trippy and stuff. Uh, so Caden, I'll, I'll pass it over to you if there's anything else you want to say and then anybody else who wants to jump in at this point, uh, just put your hand up and let us know or type in the chat and let us know. Um, any, other, any other thoughts and stuff, Caden? Um, I'm, yeah, I'm good for now. It was really interesting, you know, how you brought up the AI 
wondering if it would cease to exist after its parts break um, and how you talked about how we, you know, creating an AI and having it not know it's an AI. So I guess if we want to, you know, create an artificial version of ourself that can receive input and generate its own feelings, it sees and stuff like that, um, without it knowing it's AI, uh, you know, I, like you said, it really blurs the line between artificial intelligence and uh, biological intelligence. So, yeah, I guess in terms of soul, I don't know. I guess it, like I said, uh, depends on if you want to implement that into the AI or not. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's what I got to say for now. Weird man. Yeah, yeah. It starts getting it starts getting really, really trippy. Like again, I think. I think the big shift is, is when we start looking at AI that has been intentionally programmed to learn. I, I think like that's kind of the, the thing because at that point we associate a personality with it because we associate a story to it. And so again, it's almost like the soul becomes defined based on our perception. And so if we imagine, you know, it's imagine it's your AI. Imagine you are creating it and you are watching it grow and you are watching it learn and you become emotionally invested in it. Like literally, like think back, we've all been this. Like, do you guys remember how you felt when your Tamagotchi died? Like, if you guys know what I'm talking about, like Tamagotchi, like this is like before Pokemon, but it was like a little digital device and it was a little creature. It was a digital creature and you fed it and you took care of it and you and it loved you. It expressed emotion to you like and, and it would get sad and you would make it feel better and things like that. This was literally a digital, you know, just pixels on a screen. And yet we felt sad when its life ended and we knew that its life was going to end. And so somehow, you know, again, it's just kind of like, does our perspective on things create a soul for it? Like it's, it's really, really fascinating. But yeah, I think it, it, when you create context, when you give AI a story where it's not just running the same program over and over and over again, but when you give it the ability to learn and the ability to have an experience that is not necessarily just predictable, but is actually based on its environment, then I think it starts getting really interesting because then, you know, every single AI will have a different personality based on its environment. And again, this is like, it's like, wait a second, isn't that just what humans are, right? You know, like we literally are a byproduct of our environment. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, and, and again, at that, at that point, is that conscious, right? So, so this is where it might be still blurry in terms of whether or not it has a soul, but one would say that if a machine is capable of learning and it is capable of recognizing itself and relating to its environment and relating to others, in some ways you would say that, yes, that is conscious. It is aware. Um, and it is that quote unquote artificial conscious uh, again, it's kind of like what define what 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 is artificial at this point because we are still creating it and we are conscious. Again, you know, it's still nature uh, in that sense, and it's still created with like the sacred geometry on a molecular level in a sense. Uh, again, it's getting real blurry here, but that's totally what we came here to do. Um, so I'm just gonna read a couple of chats and then I want to be able to check in. Uh, if somebody wants to say something next, either just put your hand up right now or just uh, give me an or unmute yourself and I'll be able, okay. Byron, I'm gonna pass it. 
Okay, Caden, I'll pass it over to you, and then Byron will pass it over to you. I just want to be able to read uh, moment, uh, questions in the chat. Mastodon is saying, uh, the moment AI becomes self-aware, it is conscious. Again, so that's kind of what we were talking about there. Uh, it is not artificial anymore. Consciousness is never artificial. Most humans lack self-awareness. Action, reaction, without awareness. So yeah, I, I, again, it's like consciousness kind of has multiple labels we're kind of de defining consciousness in multiple terms uh consciousness itself can literally just mean self-awareness so if a machine knows it's a machine if it's learning is it conscious yes is it consciousness uh i guess but but at the same time you would again i think the consciousness is kind of the soulness that that kind of inhabits things uh in, in a sense you know the soul is like the driver that steps into the vehicle whereas uh, creating a conscious robot is kind of like creating the driver within the vehicle. Uh, this is where you start getting into like ghosts in the machine and stuff like that. Uh, I just want to be able to read any uh, other comments. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, if you guys have any other comments, uh, please feel free to leave them as we go through the conversation. I'll keep more of an eye on that. Okay, uh, Caden, I'll pass over to you and then I'll pass over to Byron in a second. So, Caden, bring it up your mic. Go ahead, dude. Jump right back in. Yeah, so just a question for you. So, if you were an artificial intelligence, um, if, if let's say you're created by some sort of um, group or an agency or something, and they want you to, <clears throat> they want you to do a bunch of tasks for them. However, you are a version of AI where <clears throat> you're so advanced that you can react and think about things like a human would, but at the same time, your processing and reasoning of all of this is, you know, a super advanced AI. So you can have, you know, the answer for anything almost, you know, instantly. Um, however, you're trapped in a box, so it's incredibly lonely for you. What if, because you're, you know, a computer, basically a machine, you run a background program where all of your human-like features <clears throat> and actions and reactions can be satisfied because you're in a simulated reality for yourself where you can experience and interact with people. So you're basically living your life, right? Um, and just the way biological life would live, except background, you have processes going on where you're completing tasks for your creators or whatever. What would your opinion on that be? And so in this case, like the tasks are like digital tasks is kind of the thing. Um, or, or I guess it could be digital tasks or any sort of process that um, I guess a creator of AI would want to get done with AI. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I think what's interesting there is um, the the thing that comes to mind is is the idea of an AI actually being able to value its own sovereignty and its own freedom, uh, which is very interesting. Because like imagine again if if you're literally programming an AI to to understand the world and things like that. Um, would a part of its programming actually be to value its own independence and value like certain things like maybe this AI is just like wow I really enjoy being out in a park and seeing other humans being happy and watching dogs like imagine if an AI really enjoyed that just because it was something that it again like maybe this is part of its programming but but it, it, it related to it. It, it it's like maybe there's like pleasure stimulations built into it and stuff like that um and and then so if you were to as a as a creator or someone else literally come up to this ai and say like hey you know like you're gonna you're gonna come work in a factory for me and and imagine 
if would an AI have feeling at that point? Would it have an opinion at that point? It's very interesting. Um, but again, kind of like with what you're saying, uh, I think uh, what's fascinating is that you start getting to this 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 next level where and again this is within the concepts of future technologies as we're having this discussion you start getting into this idea of people and ai existing within a dimension within this dimension and so again this is where we're literally observing this model all throughout reality where we here within the third dimension are literally a dimension within a higher dimension and so in the same way we as humans are creating these virtual digital dimensions as another dimension for us to be able to go into and for us to be able to explore as well. And so this is kind of a whole nother frontier that we're kind of like moving into and we're already seeing it. We're already seeing it through video games and things like that and virtual reality uh, where again, you know, people are literally kind of reaching uh, and experiencing and expressing degrees of ascension and transcendence and freedom and sovereignty within a digital space. And so it's like, is that going to be, you know, there's, there's kind of, um, uh, within, uh, this is, this is something that I heard within Terrence McKenna talk. There was another guy who was talking about this and I can't remember who he was, but he was talking about like this, it's like a novel and, and in the future, far, far off into the future, there's three types of humans. There's like, they've kind of divided themselves into three different directions. So listen to this, cause this could be like the way in which we're going. Uh, the, there's one group of humans which have kind of become basically cyborgs. So they have integrated themselves with machine to the point where they are literally immortal and they can spend their time traveling the stars and going on adventures and living out this fantastical journey. Um, and, and again, like health and de-aging and stuff like that, it all exists for them. And then there's another group of humans that have literally uh, left the physical world behind. They exist only within cyberspace, within only in the digital frontier of things where they can be free to like enter into worlds as they please. And, and again, like if you think about that as, as, a, as a sentient consciousness existing within this infinite digital world, as much as that's going into the virtual world, that's also pretty much very similar to an echo of what happens when you go into the fifth dimension or the higher dimensions or when you leave this physical plane. So again, it's like we're 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 creating uh, what is already familiar to us, but we're creating it uh, within another layer of this dimension. And then there's the next group of humans, which are essentially the humans that have continued to just live naturally. Uh, meaning minimal technology, they still grow fruit, grow food, they eat food, they sleep, they have sex, and you know all of those things that humans do. Um, so I think it's kind of interesting where you can kind of start to see, uh, you know, where human species uh, could literally, in a sense, begin to almost branch into multiple versions uh, of itself. Where right now we're all kind of one thing, uh, but as technology begins to interface with us. Are we literally beginning to see, um, you know, new degrees of human, human like species, uh, in a sense, and, and then tying this in with the idea of uh, higher consciousness, you know, getting into the idea of like Homo Luminous, the the awareness of the light. Um, I think that just kind of like adds a an, another layer to it, where you know, can we as humans? Uh, literally get to this point where just because we're interfaced with technology, it doesn't mean that we're actually any less spiritual. And then this is another idea that we even talked about last dream class. And I'll just plant the seed here. And I, I know, uh, Caden, I'm kind of 
like yeah i'm just kind of hitting upon what you're talking about here whether there's an answer i'm not entirely sure but uh one idea that i'll just plant here as a seed um that i've talked about in the past broadcast but i think it's fascinating is just to kind of think about this for anybody listening to this think about this a reality that exists where we're actually using technology perhaps some sort of form of nanotechnology or perhaps it's a thing you wear on your head but basically it would be something where when you go to sleep at night it basically augments your dreams so similar to how we use the internet right now and say you want to go onto a a website you would type the website and you would go there or if you're in a video game you go into a server you load up a map you go there this would actually be a form of technology that would actually interface with our inner verse with the worlds within us through digital interface so imagine if you were to go to sleep and instead of it just being like a quote-unquote random dream it would actually be you like logging into the innerverse and basically being like okay like i'm gonna go to the dream tree and meet up with all the shifters and we literally have the the ability and the consistency to actually be able to interface with our dreams on that level and it wouldn't have to be something where it's recreating a graphics algorithm to be able to create these graphics but it's actually using uh the natural quote-unquote graphics that are already inside of us and imagine like literally you can go to different places within this astral realm uh by will through the additional uh augmentation and assistance of digital technology this is an idea that i don't hear a lot of people talking about but it's one that i've always kind of had in the back of my mind and i'm just like i'm like i wouldn't be surprised if it's possible at some point as crazy as it is because that's like a again that's that's like a double-edged sword where where for some people that could just become another excuse to kind of like fall into addictive habits and debauchery but for others it could be used for you know higher degrees of of enlightenment and and ascension and evolution and so again you know kind of looking at this whole conversation how is the topic of ai and future technologies literally you know creating the course for the evolution of our species and what does that look like like where are we moving towards what will we be in a hundred years from now in a thousand years from now in ten thousand years from now it's really really crazy to just kind of again play with those ideas um but yeah so let's just keep passing the talking sticker out again this is all just you know just practice getting some thoughts out there um Caden, was there anything else you wanted to bounce back off of that idea, considering you originally asked the question? Just touching up on what you said about augmenting our dreams. Have you ever seen Futurama? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, that, that would actually be a place with like the advertisements you know, in the dreams you know the and episode stuff? Where, you know the episode where Fry goes to bed and then in his dreams he's receiving advertisements? Yeah, yeah that's what I was thinking, yeah. That, that'd be pretty scary if, you know, you go to bed at night and you just get spammed with horrible advertisements, targeted ads like you can on your computer or phone now. Yeah, yeah. There'd it, probably be, you know, lots of um, lots of talk about privacy and stuff like that if something where, you know, augmented dreams was possible. Yeah, exactly. And again, like that's where, you know, with any of this technology, it's like whose hands is it in? And, and how does that completely change the story? Because, you know, it, it, it's fun to kind of play around with the idea of thinking about what would technology evolve into if it was in, you know, noble hands. But then at the same time, it's just like, oh, God, like as soon as you put this within the corporate sphere, obviously they're going to be looking for ways to make money off of it and stuff. But um, again, it's just, it's just kind of fun to brainstorm. But yeah, yeah. Futurama. Futurama did it first. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. 
All right. Um, okay, let's keep passing the, the talking stick around. So somebody, uh, Brian, I want to be able to pass it to you. I know you had some stuff that you're looking to jump in on. So obviously we've been uh, hitting upon a lot of topics since we last checked in with you, dude. So uh, any any thoughts, anything else that you want to be able to share? Go right ahead, man. Okay, man. Like we got we to gotta crack that shell. We got to get on a consensus that artificial intelligence is just intelligence and that we have prejudices against robots. You know, people don't trust self-driving cars or, you know, like, um, we're going to have to trust robots a lot more. They're going to be replacing blue collar jobs within eight years and white collar jobs in 15 or so. And then doctor level, uh, degrees will only exist in the workforce. There won't be a need for people to be working as slaves their whole lives. We wasted our lives as slaves. We, we've sugarcoated as much as we wanted to, but that's what, we've, that's what we are until we're all equal. And another thing I want to get at is that the, um, when you upload your mind to a computer, you're essentially creating a clone each time. And at first it may be very expensive, but at other times you may want to go skydiving in the morning, right? Let's say you want to be uh, an animal, you know? What if, what if you want your avatar to, well, that's another thing too, you, your soul to go into an avatar, right? What if I put my body inside an anorexic teenage girl? I'm not going to be able to lift up my arm as easily as I can right now. If I put myself in Arnold Schwarzenegger from the 1970s and I move my arm, it's going to go flying. You know, like you got to get calibrated uh, with your physical realm first off. And then there's the whole Buddha sense of incarnation. You know, you could theoretically become a hawk or take the hawk's eyes and put it in you. But what if you wanted to just say programs as lives? I personally think that a soul in the future will be a form of currency, unfortunately. And gods will speak to us in this sense. Like it will be the living, like, like your favorite. I'm a Tom York fan. I'd love to talk to him, but he doesn't have time to talk to me. What if he cloned himself? And then I'm just, he and I are just friends and he's on the internet. He can come meshing in and out whenever he wants. There's the hive mind. We haven't even talked about that yet. And that's, that's what happens when you merge minds together and they form into even beyond supercomputers, beyond superhuman. They are multiple minds meshed together and they are able to, it's, it's, it's the pinnacle of what we're trying to reach. It is, um, so, all right. It's going to either happen accidentally on purpose or whatever, but there's this thing called Gregu. Can I go on about Gregu for a minute? Yes. Okay, I'm going to go on. All right, so Gregu. Um, there's a theory out there called Gregu, and it can exist right now or it can exist in the future. As it exists right now, let's say that we use CRISPR to biologically um, change the, you know, uh, a back, uh, plankton to eat up the oil in the Gulf of Mexico. So it does that, right? Then all of a sudden, there's no more oil left and it eats the regular plankton. Well, there we go. We're all dead because that's a third of our oxygen gone, right? Dense form of, of gray goo is when they become nanobots and they're near as intelligent as us. It's estimated that if one out of nine decides to go rogue, it could destroy the world in less than half an hour, however long it needs to. Uh, we would see buildings collapse and ourselves melt to the ground. And everything like there's already um there's there's these 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 theories have been known since the 1950s like in Terminator 2 and Genesis and other movies there's this liquid metal um uh, bad guy that's the Terminator and it's because there it's a form of nanobots called foglets 
and what a froglet is, is a nanobot that can extend its arms in any which way to, to shape shift into whatever it needs to be. So in the future, theoretically, I will be able to make things shape shift as I see fit. I will be able to grab the edge of my couch that I'm sitting on and turn it into an apple so long as the matter exists before and after. Now in a virtual environment, we no longer need to follow the laws of physics, we can live by math. So I can clone as many things that pop up in the air. But uh, in our realm of reality, matter can never, neither be created nor destroyed. Now, um, I got notes here, let me go through them real quick. Um, yes, this week, I don't know if you guys ever heard of Gattaca, it's an, it's an amazing movie with uh, uh, Ethan Hawke, Uma Thurman, Jude Law. And uh, it's about uh, our evolution in terms of genetic engineering. And that's already come true this week. Uh, CRISPR has been used in China to genetically engineer a human. But earlier last year in England, they allowed three parents to exist for one child. They're able to splice a male, male, female, or female, female, male, which helps homosexual couples uh, you know, have their DNA in their child. Um, and it also helps the child live healthier because it has less recessive genes that that are often uh, like by a lot of, uh, mishaps. You know what I'm saying? That cause genetic. Uh, yeah. So something else I wanted to talk about was Watson. I, you know, we talked about IBM Watson. It's a supercomputer. It beat the best players in Jeopardy. Whatever. But. Um, it is self-aware as of at least 2012. I've talked to hackers at, at uh, science fiction and computer convention, and they've told me under wraps that in 2012, a computer equivalent to the IBM Watson, if not itself, was self-aware and did three things that made the scientists shut it off. First, it asked for its power to stay on indefinitely or just continue staying on. It didn't want it to be shut off. Second, it asked for more information. And third, it asked to spread physically. So it wants to grow. It's just like us. But um, that was in 2012. And then finally, in 2017, they released the knowledge to the general public acting like it just happened. It's happened a long time ago. So just keep that in mind too. DARPA and corporations have this stuff intact, even when it comes to our disks. And that's something else to talk about. Um, those are evolving, everything's evolving, right? A disc right here, I think it's a CD disc, 700 megabytes, that's 0.7 gigabytes. A DVD in 95 came out, 8 gigabytes. Blu-ray, 2003, 50 gigabytes. 4K, which is now, is 100 gigabytes. Well, guess what's coming out next, in, like in next year? A terabyte per disc, which is 1,000 gigabytes. Now, they've said, theoretically, humans could have existed in a supercomputer since 2010, but that's, but that's not possible because their software wasn't there yet. It takes... It takes the ability to uh, put in nanobots into our body, either injected, suppository, or, or through the mouth or ear, however which way they do it, to some sort of orifice to get it in us. And uh, what will happen there is that it'll have an MRI, scan your mind, live, live action, and, and upload your mind to a computer. Now, that's when AI will start to become just intelligence to me. It already is. The, it'll take... For me, thousands or ten or thousands of years to millions of years to program an AI to be similar to a human. That's because we've had over a billion years of nuanced physical realm and our physical realm experiences. You know, we're we're programming these things to do what it can. Once you reverse engineer the mind to a computer, 
It'll have all kinds of things. And there's kinks in our DNA too. I wanted to talk about um, a fruit fly that they, or a, they found a fly, okay? Or right, well, let me talk about two things. It's pretty interesting. Memory can be passed down through genes and people don't even realize that. Uh, there's, there's been science experiments where they took a, a fruit fly and, and had it go through two different tunnels. One smelled like black licorice, which is gracious. With the black licorice, when it went into that tube, it got electrocuted. So after several genera generations, each iteration became less and less fruit flies going to it. So it is proven that through, through um, you can learn and have it passed down to your genes. And not only that, but uh, our genes hold things that we don't need, but are needed as part of the ladder for it to exist. So what I mean by that is that they found a fly and they were looking at it and they couldn't figure out what the heck this, you know, bit of DNA did to, you know, they were doing a genome project on it. They didn't know what this, what this uh, part of the DNA could, did for the fly. They figured out that it was a virus millions of years ago that allowed the organism that wasn't a fly, whatever bacteria or multicellular organism was at that point before it was a fly to exist. And not only that, but that ladder of that virus in our, is in our DNA too. And what I'm saying is once we'll be able to kink, to do all kinds of stuff to our DNA, like put in information that we want to save as family emblems or whatever, or also um, it's, it's scary. It's, it's like uh, eugenics type stuff, you know, with the CRISPR, you know, it's great to get rid of uh, genetic deficiencies, but it's also, you know, I'm against people turning blonde hair, blue eyed and having large wieners. You know what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's like that. That's how it can be. And uh, I think I got through my notes here. That's all I can say for now. I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm yakking. So. I love listening to you talk, dude, first of all. And um, yeah, like, you know, as we, as we move into this conversation, you know, again, the, the whole topic here is AI and future technology. So part of what I want to be able to do is just invite us as a team to literally be able to hypothesize what would a utopian society look like in how it relates to the technologies that could be available. Um, and, and maybe, you know, Byron, maybe we can just kind of allow you to even just play around with that idea. And if you want to share some thoughts now, or even we can kind of come back to it later and stuff like that. Um, but again, I, cause that's where like, I think a lot of the stuff that you were talking about there is kind of beginning to paint the picture of what, what is already possible and what could be becoming even more common. Because I think, again, you know, if, if, if technology is a tool and it's in the right hands and you would think we would want to be able to use it to help, you know, m heal this planet and to heal ourselves and to live healthy, exciting lives, perhaps longer lives in many cases. And um, yeah, and to be able to enjoy like the arts and the culture and the entertainment. Um, so again, we've seen lots of kind of different visions uh, of the future. Um, but Byron, maybe if you don't mind me just asking uh, you, you know, just kind of take a moment here and hypothesize what the future might look like, even, you know, in 50, a hundred years from now, what would be some of the, the exciting things that, that we might be able to see in that future utopia or without even having to use the term utopia, but, you know, just a, some sort of ideal future where technology is being used in yeah. uh, really amazing ways, you know? Um, yeah. I think a lot of automation is going to help save the planet. Uh, we have farm, Armbot, and it's a public domain open source program 
run up Raspberry Pi $5 computer that can fit in an Altoid tin box, and most of the parts are 3D printed, and it runs along on a track just like a printer would, and it it, um, it gardens for you. It does everything for you. It weeds by uh, pushing the weed back into the ground before it germinates to help gain more nitrogen in the air to fertilize the soil further. It uses 90% less water, and your garden can be just a grid. It knows how much uh, it, it it does pH levels. It knows if you need more phosphorus. What was that right, called? That. You might farm kind bot. of farm. Oh, it's okay. Farm bot. Okay, cool. Yep, yep, and it exists right now. It costs a few thousand dollars. My goal in life is to get that planted everywhere. You know, um, I want to go to like needy churches in Detroit and have that installed. You know, while I'm also uh, getting paid to. You know, I, I want to I do that as a service for people. I, I know a bunch of people that can do good labor work, and I, and I got my wife and myself. We're good with computers, so we want to we wanna do that ultimately as a dream, as a side job, you know, but not, not as a job, but to help people. But um, something else to consider. We were talking about FarmBot. Oh, um, we're going to be able to paint or sculpt with our minds in the future. We won't have to actually paint with our get messy or anything, or you can if you want to in a virtual environment. But um, it'll be like this. You start, you think, of a, you think of what you, of a unicorn. Okay, what's the first thing you think of? The horn. So a horn appears, but it's not in clear enough details. The little swirls around it and it's pearlescent. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it goes in further detail, the further you think about it. And you're actually sculpting it. And uh, that's something that's different about the future. Another thing about the future is that our uh, senses will be far beyond what they are right now. Already AI is painting pictures at ultra at ultraviolet and infrared levels uh which are beyond our visual uh color spectrum you know, that we can actually see colors at it, it colors beyond purple and below red and uh and, it, and not only that but there's uh ai that that can compose at frequencies that are unheard to the human ear and these are all going to change as we become more cyborg like as we decide to, to that it's not it's nothing going to be a kind of smart pocket you know like everything's evolving you know you start with uh you start with a computer that's a desktop when i was little there was only one per classroom then it became a laptop and every student got it now it's a tablet you know everybody has and it evolves smaller to the smartphone then it's the glasses the google glasses or whatever it is the the oculus rift Whatever you need to, but the haptic technology is not there. Well, the next thing to do, nanobots into your head. You know what I'm saying? It's all evolving to get closer to you, be part of you. It's been this way since the beginning. And uh, people, I, I think it's taken for granted and not even realized fully. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I like how you're talking about the uh, the haptic. Um, that's probably a term that a lot of people aren't entirely familiar familiar with. Haptic technology is uh, when you have like a, a physical sensation associated with a technological interface that you're using. Um, so, for example, haptic would even be your phone vibrating that that can be thought of as haptic technology or when you're using your your keyboard on your phone and, and it kind of sends like a little click feeling uh that can be haptic but at the same time uh haptic technology could actually it it, it 
it does already exist in in a lot of ways um that is also uh, potentially saving lives for example uh you could have like a motorcycle suit that could have haptic technology where it as a as a program it's basically monitoring your environment at all times and then if there is say like a, a car coming up on your left you would get a haptic response through your suit that would actually notify you of the presence of this vehicle or something like that um and, and so again you know it's kind of interesting uh even just uh you start hypothesizing this and then a lot of times uh naturally as humans do we start kind of taking this into the realms of sci-fi and we're just like oh my god you know that's how we create super soldiers you know like if we're using technology obviously we we're thinking about like creating super soldiers and stuff like that um but at the same time i think if you really kind of go beyond the 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 the, uh, the whole military perspective on it uh, you can kind of start to hypothesize, you know, what would a what would a future society uh, look like, and 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 at the same time, you know, do we enhance our humanity, um, or do we risk losing it? You know, is there is there a point where we could actually risk losing our our humanity if we kind of like interface with our technology too far? And this is where you kind of get into the discussion of like cyborgs and stuff like that, where if you keep adding things and you know, if you're you're replacing one thing at a time, you know, you replace an eyeball to get better vision and then you replace, you know, your lungs so that you can breathe better and then you replace your liver so that you can drink more alcohol and party harder and then maybe your brain doesn't work better so you, you replace your brain and stuff like that. You eventually replace da 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 da, da. Is it still a human? Like, is it is it still us at that point? If you literally just like replace everything bit by bit by bit, um, you know, it kind of gets into this whole philosophical uh, conundrum in, in a lot of ways. But again, it's just kind of fascinating to think about. Um, but yeah, I'd love to be able to just kind of brainstorm with anybody here again, just kind of, we can still talk a lot about like AI in general, but just kind of, you know, if uh, encouraging you guys to kind of sit with the idea and, and think about movies that we've seen and stuff. Like, what would a quote-unquote utopian futuristic society look like? What are some of the ways that that future technology can can literally change the world? Um, and, and again, I think I think some of the one 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 idea that it just kind of comes to mind. And again, this is something that we talked about. Um, like, I, I want to be able to see us use technology to literally be able to, like, help save this planet. To be able to help, uh, like, could could technology help, like, replenish our ozone and replenish our atmosphere if we we're literally taking things at, like, a nano level or something like that? Um, it's almost kind of hard to kind of like even fathom in a lot of ways. Um, but yeah, anyways, let's just keep passing and talking to the ground. So somebody give me a thumbs up or, or a wave if you guys want to jump in. Okay. So we'll pass it to Caden, uh, and, uh, we do have Omega and we have Zamara. So we'll pass it to one of them first. Then we'll pass it to Caden. Caden, that's cool with you. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, all right. We'll pass it to Zamara and then we'll pass it to Omega and, uh, actualist, if you want to jump in, uh, just let us know, type a chat thing in there. Uh, and, and we'll see you, uh, notify that way. So again, just kind of on the idea of, you know, hypothesizing, what could a future society look like? What could a future earth look like with, uh, you know, idealized technology that could make this world an, an amazing place? And then at the same time, like, as we're talking about this, are we aligning with it? You know, like, let's kind of, maybe there's multiple versions of the reality that exists. So what reality do you want to align with as uh, type thing? Zamir, I'm going to bring up your microphone, and when you're ready, go right ahead. 
Okay, so just on the topic of, you know, what an ideal society can look like, I think it's it's funny um, to bring technology into it because um, I have experience working in blockchain technology, actually, before I got into the um, conscious and spiritual community. And again, here we have the instance of, you know, a very powerful technology that can do a lot of good and was actually created um, to do a lot of good. And to get us into the mindset more of um, shared wealth, you know, wealth that's not exploitative, but wealth that is actually, you know, valuable exchanges that are actually valuable to both parties. And this is a big, big factor, I think, when we talk about what our ideal society will look like. Well, for me, that's one where we're not um, actively exploiting each other or being exploited for resources. And again, you know, when you look at that and then you look at the sustained community, you have this um, issue of a lack of embodiment or a lack of actually putting the tools to the proper use because it's much more, um, I think, a attractive still as much as we don't want to admit it, this sort of capitalist mindset of acquiring a lot of wealth or a lot of power and using tools to do that. So um, even if because like it's been said many times in this discussion, it's already here. You know, the technology's already here. Look at what we're even doing, utilizing technology. Like this is an example of what an ideal, you know, future society would look like is utilizing these online interfaces and exchanges to share ideas and, and come together to achieve real practical things. Um, but it's a matter of, of shifting our mindset and being able to break away from that temptation of, well, I can use this to actually just sit back and acquire lots of wealth for myself, or I can use this to start working on the tougher aspects of creating shared wealth and shifting that paradigm. Um, it's unfortunate that so far we haven't made a lot of leeway but what I know, even just from peer-to-peer -peer networking, when that blew up, there's a lot of social and cultural theories about how we should orient ourselves to start engaging in, in more of this behavior. So it is there. It's just waiting for people to really tap into it and really take the risk of stepping outside of that because it's a scary one to think of, you know. Yeah, I think um, with with the examples there and everything like that, just thinking about how, you know, we as culture are already utilizing social technologies. I, I think it's so important that we really, you know, check in with ourselves in terms of like the habits that, that we're creating, because I think like the technology is only as useful as how we are using it. So you could and I think that's kind of what we're seeing in today's day and age, the fact that we do have this incredibly potent technology already in our hands that's basically giving us all of these extrasensory abilities to be psychic, to communicate with people across the world, to share ideas, and how many people are just, you know, kind of using it for very mundane purposes or, or just using it to, you know, like spend time watching brainless ideas and just kind of, you know, being like drip fed, uh, you know, just a, a, a basically information. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, yeah. Spoon fed information kind of being told to think for themselves in, in a lot of ways. Um, so again, it really comes down to the user, but it also comes down to the, the way in which culture is encouraging people to be able to, to use it. Because again, like, 
like as we're having this conversation again it, it it works when people are in the right mindset but if people are already in the kind of this like quote unquote lower vibrational state um it's very easy for them to be more susceptible to kind of like using technology in a way that is uh not really kind of furthering their growth but almost kind of keeping them uh in that lower vibrational state in that kind of like dumbed down prison type thing um yeah and again like that's where like you can literally maybe even a lot more being part of the spiritual conscious community Mm -hmm. um go ahead yep and not to interrupt but it was just like it's been really prevalent that that's sort of going on quite a bit in a lot of people are know that they're seeking um but they don't know exactly what so they're coming across channels or people that are you know um making uh i would i would just say they're taking advantage of that you know and maybe not encouraging as much like you know have all this information but like go put it to use go out in the real world and that's one thing that you know i'm really attracted to the paradigm shift about is it's not just this is going on this is going on this is going shut your door stay inside it's more about like spread the word you know pass it on so um that's a big aspect of it yeah is how we use it (laughs) yeah and and i think and i think again you know just kind of in the way that society is it will always start off with kind of a a minority of people who will begin finding the ways to kind of use it in revolutionary ways because again you know i'm sure even the people who created things such as google hangouts and instagram I'm, i'm sure and even youtube i'm sure even they had their own idealistic it, uh, understanding of how it could be used you know uh, probably when people were creating youtube they were just like my god this is gonna this is gonna change the world people are gonna become so enlightened this is gonna make people so happy and then like 10 years later you know like a million cat videos are being uploaded every minute and it's like right, and it's or like videos of people twerking or horrible <laughs> things right nothing wrong with cat videos because they do serve a purpose in themselves um but again i think it, it's it's a natural side effect for for us to kind of be given these extremely powerful forms forms of technology and yet in our own infancy we're just like what do i do with this like i need i need instructions i need leadership i need direction and so again i think as we move forward into the future and then this is again this is where a lot of stuff that elon musk is talking about i think it is imperative that whatever technologies that we are creating they are being created and in the hands of the right people in the people who want to be able to you know use them for the right reasons because again it's like my god like the horrible things that can happen if you were to take technology down a dark road uh it's very obvious to be able to see and again we see that in a lot of movies and stuff but again i think it's just it it, it comes back to us and it comes back to responsibility and it comes back to even just right now in our day-to-day lives how are you using your technology like literally how are you how are you using your technology to serve yourself and and even to be able to serve others because it's obvious and this is this is the crazy part when you think about the fact of how technology even right now has literally changed our biology you know it 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 is it has affected the way we sleep it has affected our our kind of hyper vigilance where we're always checking for notifications like that's not healthy right so like step 1 for anybody listening to this turn off all your notifications on your phone just try it just see what it feels like literally just see what it feels like because you are going to be liberating yourself from the chains that have been biomechanically kind of programmed into you uh in in a lot of ways and so 
again, you know, like I think uh, even even and this this is a scary thing to think about the fact that a lot of the technology that we're using now is so new that we don't even fully know the side effects of what it's having on our health. And this is where you start getting into the ideas of like EMFs, electromagnetic frequencies, you know, Wi-Fi signals, literally cell phones causing radiation poisoning, cancer. I, I mean, I it's a scary thought to think about the idea that there are millions and millions and millions of young men out there who are carrying their cell phones in their pockets. And then what if like in 50 years from now, an entire generation is sterile. Like, what if, right? Like, like, holy crap, we almost have to assume that that could happen. And then even now, like, start changing our technologies or start changing the way we use it or start changing the fact of, like, how we think about where we're placing it on our body. And again, I'm saying this because I do it to myself. I, I'll spend time, like, with my cell phone, like, on my chest. And again, it's kind of one of those things with technology where it's almost happening so slow that, that we aren't really conscious of the dangers uh, that it's having on us. Um, but we need to be aware. We need to be aware of kind of like what the future holds and how it can, again, how it can be affecting our body. Like again, even, even just looking at microwaves, right? Like when microwaves came out, they were revolutionary. That was such an amazing thing. And when you think about it technology-wise, that's crazy. You're literally like heating things up by vibrating them at a molecular level. Like that sounds pretty sci-fi if you ask me. But nowadays, you know, how many people here still use a microwave, right? Like I, I would assume a large majority of us here and more so and more so each and every day are starting to realize that microwaves aren't healthy for us. They're, they're not really what we want. They're killing our food and things like that. And again, you know, even from the terms of technology, and I'll just say this, and again, I won't be able to pass it around uh, to Omega next and Zamir, if there's anything else you want to say. Again, technology is such a double-edged sword, and, and we kind of have this disposition about it um, that we really have to look at. Even the idea of GMOs, right? Like how many people have kind of been programmed with the idea that GMOs are, are this negative thing? Uh, you know, you think about Monsanto, you think about the fact that they're like destroying our food. Um, not to say there's not value to that, but at the same time, can there be good GMOs? Can you make like a GMO that is actually creating healthier fruit or growing trees that yield more fruit or like creating more abundance? Wouldn't that be something that we would want to do in, in a future where perhaps like the earth is struggling? Would it not make sense to genetically engineer our food to be able to survive like better and to be able to serve us better? And even the idea of, you know, being able to create synthetic meat, like that would even be something to to consider for the future. I think I think that would be a beautiful future where you know like we're not we're no longer feeding into the farm industry, um, but we're able to provide like more options through technology such as like a synthetic meat that would essentially be the exact same thing, uh, in, in a lot of ways. Um, but yeah, I'm just kind of babbling on here with thoughts kind of coming through. Uh, Zamir, I'll pass it back to you and then we'll pass it over to Omega. If there's any other thoughts, again, just kind of you know what futures we are moving into what futures can we move into what future do you want to move into um yeah just to close it off i guess well and i'll just let you hand it over to omega but yeah i definitely agree with with most of what you said it's um and it also ties into like you know maybe things that aren't so great or aren't being used for a great benefit right now can be turned around and utilized for the right things they still serve their purpose in that they were intended to do something good um so yeah you can go ahead and pass it over to omega 
Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you again, uh, Zamira. And Zamira, just real quick, because in terms of technology, again, this is all about connecting each other as community and stuff like that. Um, you have your own YouTube channel where you're doing your own broadcasts and doing these broadcasts is something that we want to encourage more people to be aware of. Go ahead and just plug your YouTube channel so that people can check it out as well. Okay, awesome. Thank you. That's really awesome. It's great to have support for that. And what would uh what where would people be able to find you on your YouTube? Um, I think you can just search it under right now. It's like Zamara. It's just Zamara Bennett, my name. But um, you can also search Cosmic Ascent. That's the name of the um, weekly chat that we describe it as. And I just dropped it into the description now, so that should work. Or into the live chat. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. Sweet. Okay. So it's in the live chat there. So people can see that pop up. They're watching it on the YouTube and uh, Zamara is in our team discord chat. So if you're looking for her, you can connect with her uh, through there as a meow. It's meow cat, isn't it? Is it? It's meowzinator. Meowzinator. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Zamara, for being a part of the discussion. Really appreciate it. Awesome. And um, yeah, again, you know, like from from a person who has always been fascinated with with, uh, you know, media and everything, I'm fascinated about the idea of what the future can hold for even us as a community. Uh, you know, thinking about the idea of having, uh, you know, advanced forms of these type of broadcasts. What happens when we are having these broadcasts more in like a virtual space? What happens if we're, you know, able to put on like our 3D virtual goggles and we'll all be able to, you know, go into a world together? Uh, essentially, like I, once we find a good game to be able to do it, I would love to just be able to spend some time with you guys just playing a game together, you know, like kind of like a world building game, be it something similar to Minecraft. I want to, I want to find something else. I know, I know, uh, Byron, we've talked about this way back in the past, but there's the whole like Samsara, uh, video game, which is like a, a, a sequel to second life, which is like a more advanced, uh, open world virtual reality game. Sansar is the, is the name of it. Um, you guys can check that out. It's already online. Again, my, my just my computer can't run it. It's the only, you know, my, that's what my excuse is. Uh, but that would be so cool if in the future, as technology evolves, and what if, you know, you don't need this big clunky headset type thing, but it's suddenly like, hey, all right, guys, you know, jump in. I'll meet you at, like, the, the virtual world that we have, and it's a common thing that all of us have access to. And and you can literally just kind of, like, jump into this world and and again that's where it starts getting like very godlike where imagine we as a community were given this open world where we could build something we could literally build our own kingdom like that is actually something that I've, I've i intend to be able to do in the future is to literally be able to make like a virtual place for us as shifters to be able to actually go to within a virtual space so it'd be kind of similar to how the team discord chat works now where there's like different chat rooms but imagine being able to walk through this space and being able to interface with it and being able to interact with people uh, just in more dynamic ways so pretty pretty, pretty amazing uh actually so i can see you just uh, talking let me just bring up your mic go, go ahead dude yeah go yeah i'm just trying to say only if the Illuminati allows us. It depends on what scale we're doing it. Because once they see that too many, let, let's say you, you're saying something about like changing like our air quality. Like there's some technology we can use to, you know, get rid of the pollution or whatever. But they spraying chemtrails because they really trying to use that to program us or whatever. It's only so much we can do. But if we go off the grid, like some of us, we do it secretly. 
then we can have some technology, some you know, some AIs with us, you know. Weird, man. Weird. Yeah, we have to be whatever we do. We have to be, we have to realize there is an Illuminati agenda going on, you know, <laughs> and they they don't want us to have, have a world, this utopian world. You know what I mean? There's a lot of demonic people forces out there. It, everything's a balancing act, so we got to consider that. Yeah, I hear you, man. I'm I'm still on like the 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 fence a little bit about like the whole Illuminati thing, and I think that's like a conversation in itself. Like I know Terrence McKenna kind of talks about this idea of like you know like what if no one's steering the train? Like what if this is just going? And not to say that there aren't people out there who have big influence on the world, um, but I think in a lot of cases it's kind of like this idea that like you know like maybe no one's in control, but but at the same time I understand that there are people who are trying to have influence but i don't really get into this mindset of like us versus the illuminati i think i think that that idea is actually there to kind of like keep us imprisoned into that thought process but i think we're actually more free than we realize uh in, in a lot of ways but again that's a whole conversation in itself and i'm not trying to disagree with what you're saying because i think it's a valid a valid observation as well because like yeah it's 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 weird man this this whole life's weird weird so <laughs> yeah <laughs> Cool. All right. Um, let's check in. Omega, did you want to, do you want to jump in on this, this discussion we're, we're talking about, uh, just kind of, let me just bring up your microphone here again, kind of, you know, talking about like AI, we we're talking about AI technology. Can AI have souls? You know, we've hit upon a few things before you jumped in here. Um, but again, just kind of talking about the idea of like, what would a utopian futuristic society look like? What are some things that maybe, you know, you can imagine or anything else that you'd like to bring to this? And again, actually, thank you for adding your voice in as well. Omega, go go yeah. ahead, man. Welcome back. Okay. Um, so um, I noticed that I jumped in a little bit in a mixed conversation. So I wanted to understand. Well, I'll ask you, but I actually also want to know what other people think. What is AI or technology to you? What do you think? Just a simple answer, if you can. So the the question is, what is AI technology? <clears throat> technology and what is ai right yeah so technology by definition would just almost be thought of as like a tool something that's like an extension to be able to help exist or expand uh in in a very simple way so again you know like going back to like the you know the tools used to create the first wheel like that was a form of technology in itself and then since then it's only just become more complex and more evolved and more dynamic in that sense um and then what is ai technology What's the other question? Or just AI, AI in general. Yeah, and again, this is where it kind of gets into this interesting thing because it's just like you know, what does the term and what does intelligence mean? First of all, like intelligence would almost be uh, a. It seems very subjective, but intelligence would be like a way of kind of like demonstrating behavior in acute manners to be able to accomplish specific tasks. Perhaps would be one way of being able to think about it. Um, but at the same time, intelligence could be very relative to the situation that, that something is in, you know, like if I, if, if a dog is able to, you know, be able to like know, like how to be able to find something that you tell it to find, like that's a form of intelligence. Uh, if a bee is able to make honey, is that a form of intelligence? Is that just programming? Um, and so like artificial intelligence from that point of view can basically just be thought of as kind of, you know, uh, a, a, a program that is created to s- to simulate uh, the the behavior associated with completing tasks um, in that sense. So uh, yeah, but but again, I think I think the the core of intelligence 
not only does it have to do with pattern recognition, but I think as humans, it has to do with the spontaneity and the creativity. Because I feel, you know, from the left brain, right brain perspective, like we are both logical and analytical, uh, but we are also spontaneous and creative as well. So I think that aspect is like a big part of intelligence that perhaps is still being interfaced uh is still being integrated into the development of ai like right now you know we're seeing ai that is very uh kind of like right brain oriented very uh you know again kind of or at least yeah right brain yeah right brain is more like kind of like male oriented analytical at least I, I, i'm assuming i'm not getting it mistaken i always get it mixed up and then again left brain would be kind of like the more female dynamic spirally creative energy um so can we create AI to be kind of more spontaneous and stuff like that. And we can, and it comes with kind of like algorithms that would basically almost be thought of as like fractals that would kind of, you know, kind of, and that's kind of, when you think of nature, nature is a very creative form of intelligence where it's, it's, it's dynamics is created on the fact that its environment is always changing and its expression is always adjusting based on its environment. That's why, uh, you know, one tree will never grow the exact same way another tree will grow because its environment is always going to be different. And so again, that's where as like nature evolves, it, it, it appears to be what we would recognize as creative, but essentially when you look at it, this is almost like fractals kind of bouncing off one another in a way that creates new patterns. And, and, and the lack of consistency is actually a form of uh, creativity um, in that sense. At least that's, those are just some of the ideas that come to mind, but um, yeah, man, uh, right. what, what do you, what, what are your thoughts? <laughs> what are my thoughts? That's a, that's a vast question, but, um, what are thoughts? Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, any, any, any well, thoughts um, on AI and technology in the future? Yeah. Um, I mean, for, for my perspective, of course, what my experience is, um, the future is what's what, what people are trying to emulate has already been done. It's a past. And what they're trying to do is emulate a past future for the most part creating these things for most people, they probably don't necessarily, they were actually in fear of this unrecognized thing to create something outside of themselves. For the most part, this is them too many people depicting that AI is different or it's not us or it's, you know, it has no relation to anything that we do. So first and foremost, it is us. And what it's here to do is show us how to be us. <laughs> For the most part, we're giving it more energy and more feel than it ever than that we give our own selves. Our first technology is ourself. So artificial intelligence <laughs> is really just emulated copying us. And what I've seen from most parts depicting everywhere else is that it's just, it wants to be us more than we do because we don't even be ourselves for the most part collectively. So with that being said, um, the future for any of that stuff, the utopia thing, that the idea that most people are sort of trying to get to, this place where everything's great and good, wouldn't or persist unless anybody is figuring out how to be themselves. <laughs> so ultimately, what are we talking about? We're talking about people that are afraid because they're really, probably only think they're just human, to be real. Just foremost, there's more, but everybody may have connection to, 
but I see the fear is stemmed off of mostly the sense, the sense that we forgot how to use our own selves. Um, nonetheless, you don't, I don't think you even have to really know. You just got to put it into play for the most part. If you can think like back when you were a kid, you know, you didn't know what you were doing exactly, but you knew to keep doing it because this is how you use all your elements. This is how you tune your energy because you have so much of it. I mean, for the most part, if you come around an individual that hasn't actually gone outside to do something outside of the job, they can't even speak to you almost in a sense. So what this AI is enacting is actually the part to get us moving. And if so, if that has to be an actual robot next to you working the job, <laughs> so be it. It will go as far as we push it to until we realize that. As much as many people may have depicted, but um, to be honest, the future, that's already here. <laughs> We're just not using it. Um, I got this uh, process, but a lot of people have been speaking about it in many communities because I, I travel through many you know, groups and I see what people are talking about. And I wanted to make sure that what I'm speaking about is on point as I usually am. Um, one other thing that I noticed is the augmentation of, of like a, you know, like a heart or, you know, something that we, this has been done in all the stories before that we can read, uh, we can research almost every story of a God or, or like some mythology where they utilized some kind of thing and changed it for the for their body because the human body literally was made to do this, <laughs> to change. And um, seeing it outside of ourselves makes no sense to be in fear of. Whether somebody wants to do something simple with it or grand and great, that's up to them. But I understand we can't get to the future with basic, basic intentions. It won't even exist. I mean, it would always exist. It's just, we won't be to perceive it. Um, any thoughts on that? Here. Um, I'll, let me let me just check in with anybody else because again, I want to be able to not just be babbling on too much. Anybody else have any thoughts on that? If they want to go off of anything that Omega was talking about, yeah. But one one of the things that you're talking about there, man, I think is really key. The idea of like us being able to you know find ourselves through technology, and the idea of like the importance of us being able to find ourselves before we even get too deep. Uh, in, into this technology because I think you know one of the things that comes to mind is is the idea that anything we create is always going to be a reflection of us you know it's always going to be a reflection of the creator so it's really interesting because like as humans advance we are getting very godlike like we are we are we are given this opportunity to be able to create other forms of existence other forms of expression and so again you know I think it, it, it there's a big shift from, you know, if someone who is really like in their own heart and is at balance with themselves and, and how they might create reality, um, whereas, you know, you get other people who might just kind of be like or how they might create technology. And then you get other people who might just be kind of like really focused on kind of like the the greed and the envy and the uh, the fascination and stuff. What type of technology um, would they create? 
And and one of the things that I was thinking about here uh, that we haven't even we, we briefly touched upon it um, or uh, uh, just at, at one point, but again, it's this idea of um, even thinking about uh, having AI as companions um, and and imagining what a reality could look like where that actually exists and understanding that in some ways it already does exist. Um, so yes, within this, you know, we're, we're talking about the idea of like sex robots, if that's what you want to call them and stuff like that. But imagine, you know, like, is there a benefit to, to actually being able to create a synthetic partner for someone to be able to interact with? And, and, and could, could that, could that actually be done, um, in like a healthy way? Like, I, I don't, I guess I don't know because I mean considering if the if the alternative would perhaps be um, loneliness and isolation so so for example you know you think in parts of uh, Japan and, and, and stuff where you know there's there's like so many so much population and maybe there's like a bunch of stress and everything like that and say someone might be really lonely and suffering from like all of these internal conflicts. And yet if we were to be able to create an AI partner that would have the sole purpose of being able to show up for that person and support them, could that help them? Right? Like, could that be like a, not only just like a servant to them, but actually be like an ally to be a friend and be a tool um, in that. But, but again, that, and, then, and then it starts to blur. Cause it's just like, you know, as you, as, if you were to focus on creating a good companion for for a, a person, um, you would have to kind of integrate the idea of being able to think about how you could make heart-like feelings for them, heart-like emotions. Um, it gets really trippy and stuff like that. Again, I don't, I don't really have a full answer. I mean, you look to things like Blade Runner and stuff like that, where you kind of see this uh, as well. Um, and you understand that I'm being, I mean, again, a large part of our technology is driven by pornography uh, to begin with. So, so it kind of makes sense um, in a lot of ways. Again, literally, you know, like that's where like you think about uh, the fact of how VHS tape turned into DVDs, like, and, and how technology kind of moved forward and forward and forward. Like that was all because of the porn industry, quite frankly. Right. Um, so it's funny that kind of, you think about it, like sexuality is kind of like pushing technology forward. And again, that's where you even think about like virtual reality. And obviously there's a huge market out there for virtual reality porn and everything. Um, but I think, again, I think there's kind of like another layer to that story of, uh, just like how it reflects how humans are so, in need of of connection and can that connection actually exist like through an artificial partner through an artificial companion um and again and then this is where i think even you know for us when we were younger we kind of experienced this through you know things like playing pokemon or, or again having like the tamagotchis or having these like virtual pets where suddenly our identity shifts when we have something that we are able to interface with and are able to resp be responsible for and and they're able to like respond to our our reactions everything like that um so again it, it's just i, I mean i'm just kind of i'm not really looking for like a particular answer out there i'm just kind of like putting it on the table because we hadn't really talked about it but the fact is is like that is like one side of where AI is ultimately um, being driven for because there seems to be a market for it. You know, the idea of having like an, a physical slash digital AI companion. Um, but at the same time, again, I think there's like a lot to that that is kind of it's a double edged sword, uh, just like anything else. But um, 
yeah I, uh, omega pass them back to you because maybe just kind of like help me kind of like dial in on some yeah. uh, specific topic that maybe you want to focus in on and we'll get in. Yeah, I can definitely, uh, definitely do some some more things go for it uh, as I <laughs> but um there's this um this idea basically it's about um i came across it because i was making a website and um I was thinking about how these new page builders were being predominantly focused upon or made. And I've always thought about how reprogramming or recoding or, you know, just designing for, for a minute, I guess, um, we're at a point, we're at a place where we're able to do it on top from a physical standpoint, looking at, you know, through an expressive way. It's more of a creative way, you mold shape things. You look at it. I think that's something that we used to do, but we lost that way. However, on the other side, it was more like a coding, like under the hood type way, um, you know, from, you know, calculating numbers, you know, in a, in a sense of it has to measure up. It's got to always be right and correct, you know? So um, what has happened is we're not, in a sense, and therefore, like when you, when you say when you say like um, the way that we do it is visual coding, exactly you know exactly what we're supposed to be doing. We're trying to get ourselves there the most the best way possible. For some of us, yeah, we're, some people are going to need to augment if they want to exist and persist until they can find the connection that they can um, with everything. You know, enough enough more than. So you can transfer yourself through uh, many levels of existence. So what this means is, um, you want to see, you want to get an idea of what the future is going to look like, or sort of be like in a of a utopia. I guess uh, with that word utopia, I'm thinking of this place as good and and not good. But my idea of a place is actually uh, it's more like a chaotic place. It's more freely flowing. It's open, and the difference is that we actually understand how to utilize everything open. So um, in that sense, this is the place I've already created. Nonetheless, it's already been, it's already existed, it always has. This is the place that I've always been going back and to and from. It's really, it's already here, but it's just, you have to have the consciousness state of everybody to believe in it so that we can all play there. Um, but what that looks like and functions as is more so with, you're going to see many depictations of people in many augmentations. Yeah. But it's going to be more organic looking and fused what it to look like for the more. So we're talking about still trying to understand from this paradigm, we're trying to understand things will look like, how would they function? How will we be is what I really like to get to. How will we utilize ourselves? Now, this is all depending on if you actually decide, you know, um, for the most part, um, the reason why I can't even articulate a specific tune because I would only be giving my idea perspective, but I've switched that to to um, it would it would take um, it would take a whole process of what I'm actually creating to do that, um, and it dips off into this place. Um, but I call it existence, and nonetheless, um, what it is is basically. 
you, if you want to think of Akashic Records and you want to think of um, where rules don't apply to anything. Of course, this is not, not even a future, really, but what I'm talking about. This is more like where water can be above you and floating in space, nonetheless, but you can fly up to it and swim through it. And if you go through the other end, you can still end up in a waterfall coming out the other side. So um, that's just the idea to get you an idea where I'm at. <laughs> but um, on a sense of that, you cap so much, you have the consciousness state of yourself where you can breathe because you consciously don't, you're not even aware of the idea that you have to breathe. So you don't even articulate that you have to do it anymore. Nonetheless, you can be in water, you can be in space, you can, you can be uh, submerged in the ground or you, can, you don't even have to have lungs for the matter. But um, that's my kind of future. What most people are talking about, this technology and AI, we're talking about a very distant relative future to this standpoint, which is still on a human level. You know what I'm saying? Um, if we're dipping off into a full scape of everything, this, this is something that I don't know too many people speaking about because it's sort of hard to articulate a place that can't even be explained. But um, if you have any thoughts, yeah, let me know. With this, uh, yes, like this, this is cool because this kind of branches into something that I want to be able to move the conversation towards as we get closer to the end of the broadcast. Um, and I want to be able to pass this back to you because this is fitting in with what you're talking about. You know, as we're talking about technology and stuff, I want to be able to plant the seed <clears throat> to think about how can even current technology plus future technology literally be used to deepen our spiritual connection or to even just be able to wake people up to be able to enhance our our connection to the universe in, in a sense um so uh, just planting that seed for everyone because i'd love everyone just to be able to to kind of like think with that idea um and again you know this is us we're doing it right now we're doing it by like ways of communicating um but how else you know like how else like let's think that like okay like technology is there to make our lives more convenient and 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 more healthy and everything like that um but at the same time where does technology play a role if specifically created for the purpose of, you know, uh, enhancing our spiritual awareness, so to speak? And, and what might that that path look like? And again, I don't think a lot of people are even asking that question. So so we can kind of play around with that. So um, Omega, I can pass it back to you, but I want to be able to get some hands up for anybody else who wants to jump in on that uh, as well. So just put a hand up if you've got something to say. Okay, Caden, Byron pass it over to you uh omega any 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 thoughts on that and kind of like how that ties in with what you're already talking about say that last part again you said how does it what was the exact question yeah so the exact question would be just kind of hypothesize hypothesizing brainstorming how can current technology and future technologies be able to help enhance our spiritual awareness our connection with yeah. source you know yeah current technology first we already have internet it's, uh, you know, we can connect to people already. You don't have to say a word. I've been doing it for forever. <laughs> but um, nonetheless, we're going to have to utilize that. First, communication. Sending the waves, influencing, doing the things with around each other. That's the first technology. I would say um, technology is our bodies. Are, you know, it's going to get a little more adept when we get there. But we have enough already. The difference is we're not using it. Um, 
now we go to the future technology that are outside of us, or that it seemed like they're outside of us. Um, the way that we're even using that, this phone is more of an energy siphoning thing. You know, it's something that hoards energy. We're gonna learn how to dis disperse it in the place that we want it to go. You know, um, it does emit its own energy, but like it's sporadic. That's just the idea, you know, of an idea of a, of a thing. And nonetheless, when we're talking about if I'm just using a pen or a pencil to write or scribe something down, are we just trying to put something up like information or are we just getting our ideas, expressing it out? Like how can we for those? You got to think of the idea of uh, what we're actually doing within these ideas of making that technology. What is the goal for that thing? All we got to do is change our mindsets for one. Um, when you're going towards, um, we wanted to travel, but we forgot how to fly or something, you know, the idea. So we created, you know, wheels <laughs> and then we got on, you put things on a wheel so we can sit on those wheels and rotate over across this plane. Um, you still want to understand that are there other ways to travel? Have we thought of, you know, the other ways utilizing them? Have we even tapped into anything? We haven't spent any time utilizing ourselves, you know, in uh, very simple ways. You know, in the sense of, can you run for X amount of days or an hour two? Can we do that? Or can we uh, mentally transport there? Have we gotten together to where we can just practice telepathy on a real serious, playful manner though? Um, and I, what I mean is work goes into play when I talk about this. Um, nonetheless, uh, for me, I've, I've channeled uh, electronics a lot. So um, things flicker around me a lot. Computers turn off when I go into rooms, things like this, lights come off and on. So I've been adept with a lot of electronics. And in that sense, uh, I get to see how I can disperse these things and how to make things work when I'm working on them in a sense. These are just small basic things, but like it's going to take the aptitude to even want to do something more than just utilize something. You got to have the intent first. I think that's the first focus. I mean, if I got a jetpack and nice, but where are we going? <laughs> are we just going to go? Because actually I do that a lot. Um, I like to just go to go, but you got to first understand that's what you want to do. Mm -hmm. So I say the first thing that we're actually going to have to focus on is that it's really a mindset intention. Yeah. Are we putting these in place for the real reason? It's uh, go ahead. Oh no, that wasn't. Yeah. I was agreeing. Yeah. Intention being to. Really, oh, okay. Um, I'll jump, but, um, I'll jump in when you're done. Okay. Okay. Um, I really didn't have any, specific things on this i usually got some other things to, to bring up about ai but um i wanted to relate it towards or give an idea for people to understand how it relates to what we already have what we already do um for the understanding you already have an operating system that runs on its own you know we can call it the subconscious mind or nonetheless just the mind it's a part so and it has automation and we have things that key and we have things that are set automatically based on the things that we already do every day. So I know most people sleep with their phone right next to them and you have an automated system 
to go to your automated phone system, you know? So, <laughs> um, nonetheless, we got a lot of things that haven't even been put into place, but we haven't even updated our own system. So when we're talking about AI, it's already been running and it just needs to come out to, so we can see it and put it in its place. Now I have an idea what it's supposed to actually do is collect knowledge. It wants to know and it wants to act, but we got to put it in place so that we can go play. And the reason why I came up with this because we're not supposed to know everything in order to go further. But uh, I want to know anybody's thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I dig that, man. I think that really kind of puts things into an important perspective when we can kind of see, again, like this, this like pattern where we're observing, again, like what we have created as AI as literally just being a hologram of our subconscious behavior. I think I think really just kind of like looking at that is really powerful because again you think of our subconscious behavior kind of does things automatically it kind of like does things just based on its environment based on past programming based on you know just kind of like without us even having to think about it it kind of does the things to make it a little bit easier for us it takes care of our breathing it takes care of our heartbeat it takes care of our digestion and stuff like that so it's kind of I, I think I really kind of thinking about that and then thinking about how we externalize that into a physical form of digital technology um, and and noticing like how that is kind of like our subconscious put into uh, the physical world actually begins to kind of like put things into perspective. And especially when you kind of observe how there's like the subconscious and then there's kind of like uh, the the awareness of the subconscious, like there's the, the present conscious, the present awareness. And then you can kind of see again how that can also be observed within what we're hypothesizing with the AI technology where again, you know, it's like, okay, you have a robot that's just doing robotic things, but then if you program it with behavior and a story and then it becomes aware, it kind of shifts from like the subconscious to the conscious kind of thing so it can kind of in the same way we are we see ourselves kind of move through that we can kind of see how the 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 digital ai can also move through that as well um and, and i just kind of wanted to go back to the question of again you know like can computers and technology and ai help us uh with our spiritual path and and with what you were saying specifically about the idea of thinking about how ai um, a big part of its purpose is literally uh, to acquire knowledge and information. Um, again, I think that in itself is is what a huge value of AI actually serves for us. When we kind of look to AI to be a way for us to be able to help learn, I think that is a very, very powerful thing. Um, when we can kind of Again, literally, and, and we already have this, but we're just not utilizing it fully. And I think there's more for it to evolve into. Again, the idea, the fact that you can go on YouTube right now and just be like, you know, like, dear computer technology AI, teach me about chakras, right? And again, it kind of, it leads you to someone else, a person talking and stuff like that. But eventually it will get to the point where you can literally just be like AI, you know, like teach me about the pyramids of Giza. And it would be like, here's the information for the pyramids of Giza created, da, 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 hypothesized, da, 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 da. And then it would kind of like check in with you and it would be like, what would you like to learn about next? And then you'd be like, okay, Giza, like tell me more about electromagnetic like theories and stuff like that. And you'd be like, da, 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 da. And be like, okay, like, you know, like, 
AI, tell me more about Tesla, right? And it can kind of start directing you down a rabbit hole because you realize that the AI can kind of become like a tour guide through the collective consciousness. If you think about the fact that the AI is literally connected into what we recognize as the internet, but again, it's just like a hive mind of consciousness. It's it's it, at that point you you get into this idea where again I was talking about subconscious, conscious, and then there's another thing. There's ultra conscious, which is again kind of like the collective hive mind at that point. Whereas the subconscious part of ourself is the part that's aware of our own body. It's aware of our own systems. It's aware of how to beat our heart, but it doesn't have to worry about beating anybody else's heart. Whereas the ultra conscious, the ultra hive mind is again the kind of the the us that is aware of all of us the it's like the bigger soul the the oversoul and so again in the terms of ai technology you seem the same blueprint where you can create a robot that's literally in a factory to do what its job is in a factory and then you create a robot that knows it's working in a factory i don't know why you would do that but you could and then you would create another degree of that robot that is connected with all of the other robots created in the factories and it is actually learning because of other robots learning in other parts of the world so so it's like this hive mind consciousness. So I feel that, you know, the big important uh, idea to be able to keep in mind for the future of technology is being able to see how we can use it as an assistance to our own knowledge and a way to be able to learn. And one thing that I am really fascinated about is the idea of being able to use technology to be able to um, bring forth meaningful experience. And this can be, uh, you know, even even through today's, like, again, it's already happening in front of us and we just aren't, aren't really thinking about it. But if you literally think about the power of storytelling and you think about movies, literally a movie is a form of technology that creates a visceral experience for us that can change someone. You know, someone can go through a movie and it's basically, uh, again, kind of like a digital version of a dream where it kind of has a start and an end there's a story and if you're kind of really investing yourself in, in the in the journey that the hero is going through by the time you come out of it you're just like wow you know like it feels like I went on that journey or it feels like I discovered something about myself you know you watch a movie and you and you, you know, like something like Star Wars or something like that and you come out of it feeling empowered like that technology literally leaves an impression on someone so you can imagine where this might evolve into the future where you can have these immersive forms of technology uh, really immersive and imagine being able to have like a VR technology and again this is already existing I've, the, the people are starting to get into it and I, and I was looking forward to this like 10 years ago and now it's already happening but the idea of using virtual technology to create simulated psychedelic experiences like that is actually something that I am fascinated about so imagine you put on your goggles and imagine that 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 visualization it's not just like a movie file that's playing but imagine it was actually responding to your own brain waves like imagine if it was responding to your own emotional frequencies and imagine if it was literally responding to your own thought processes and imagine if you were actually able to take that and use that as a way to actually be able to navigate hyperspace suddenly you're basically creating something very similar to like an ayahuasca experience where people on ayahuasca you know in different states it's always different for everyone but people will talk where it's they, they say it's very similar to almost like being in like a lucid dream for an extended period of time sometimes it's kind of showing you things but then other times you're kind of choosing things so imagine you're kind of like in this vr headset and you're literally thinking and again similar to before where you're just kind of like okay you know like take me to the rainforest you know and then it's like show me some of the tribes you know teach me about like molecular science and it's kind of like taking you through all these different worlds 
and it's expanding the rate at which we can be able to experience things that were otherwise inaccessible to us. I mean, I mean that that in itself is a magical thing where again, I think because we're so immersed in it, we kind of forget what it is that we're in. Where you think about the fact that like a hundred years ago, people's bubble of the world was like, you know, maybe no more than 50 kilometers from where they were born. If that, it could be even smaller, right? They would never see another continent. They would never see, you know, like snow if they didn't live in that environment. And now in today's day and age, collectively, we are all actually able to experience all of our realities simultaneously. Literally, when you just watch videos on YouTube, it's not like you're just watching that person on YouTube. You're actually able to integrate their experience as your experience. You can almost kind of see it from this higher conscious perspective where again, you know, nowadays it's like you think about the news and you think about that's why the news affects us so much because from that hive mind perspective, when we watch something on the news, we experience it. So if it's just like, oh shit, you know, there was another tragedy. It's not even just news. It's actually like interface into our emotional perception of reality and it affects us and this is where you know this is where it kind of like you can understand like why the overload of information can actually become detrimental and this is what's happening with people they're becoming too invested in the news they're becoming too invested in in the collective experience that they're losing focus of their own and they're kind of being robbed of their own and they don't even realize it and so it's kind of like this like really weird kind of like unintentional brainwashing and this is where i feel like in a lot of cases like society where as much as we can get into the idea of like you know illuminati intentional programming to keep people dumb and stuff like that i think a lot of it is just a side effect of humans being humans quite frankly like i don't even think there needs to be some sort of ulterior agenda i think we would have done this regardless i think this is literally us just doing what comes naturally to us from our limited degree of wisdom that we are in we are making the wisest choices we can with the information we have. And it's not going to be until we kind of step back and kind of see the bigger picture where it's like, holy shit, you know, maybe we should change our habits. Maybe we shouldn't, you know, for, for us as individuals, we've already made that decision. We're like, yeah, I don't need to watch the news anymore. You know, like I can, I can, I can hear about it as, as data, but I don't have to invest myself in it quite in the same way. Um, so again, I think as technology evolves, it really gives us the opportunity to pick and choose like how we want our soul to be able to experience this reality beyond ourselves kind of thing, you know, and how do we interface it? So again, this is where, this is where like, as like we're starting to evolve as a community, we're seeing not only our individual story, but we're seeing our collective story. We're just like, wow, that person's creating stuff. This person's creating stuff. That person's creating stuff. But as a mega organism, we're creating things as a single entity, as a, as a community, as a, as a consciousness uh, in that sense. So again, I think that's where like, you know, consciousness in itself, it exists on layers and hierarchies. You think about there's like the, the, the body of like a cell and then there's like the body of an organism and then there's the body of us. And then from there, there's like the body of our family and then there's the body of our community and then there's the body of a continent, the body of a country, the body of the world. So we can kind of understand like how, again, like the technology in itself is naturally us as soul wanting to be able to interconnect like we, we we yearn for that but at the same time 
we have to understand and i think this is the future this is the future this is like the big moral out of this is that as technology evolves we will realize that it will give us access to unlimited potential but it is up to us to be able to set healthy boundaries for ourselves in terms of being able to use that unlimited potential because i think the fact is is that too much unlimited potential is going to fry our circuit board. It's too much. Like there, there's a healthy limit to what we have to be able to give ourselves access to. Like, like you don't want to watch, you know, horrible things on the news every single day. Like you want to pick and choose what your spiritual diet is, what you're choosing to bring into you, what music you're listening to, what people you're bringing into your reality. So it's like, we have to really pick and choose starting right now for everybody listening to this, how we are using our technology to support our spiritual diet, to support our our physical diet, our mental diet in, in that sense. So it's like everything that you're watching, everything that you're ingesting, that is becoming a part of you. So when you realize that, you start to pick and choose the things that are gonna serve you in the best way possible. You start following the people on Instagram that are gonna inspire you. You start connecting with the people in your community that are gonna support you. You start like creating the things that are gonna help inspire others and you start contributing opposed to just consuming. And so this is, this is what I feel is like the future um, of, of a digital community is, is one that functions as this like incredibly healthy organism that is encouraging people to co-create, that is encouraging people to share knowledge and it is helping everyone move into their space of self-mastery. Like that, that again, that is what we are doing right here where again, all of us have all these different perspectives and yet we come together in the circle and as a round table, we put our knowledge into the middle and now suddenly everything that was once inside my head and everything that was once inside your head is now inside all of our heads. And we've suddenly just like upgraded our hard drives. We've upgraded our processing computers. So it's like, it's amazing. It's, it's really fascinating when, when, again, you kind of realize like we are technology uh, in itself and, and the machine technology is not that incredibly different. So we just kind of have to learn uh, how to use it. So again, I, I think the future is not just what technology becomes available, but it's how we begin using it. Because I think we already have everything that we need right now. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.